Welcome back to the Behind the Player Podcast. I'm your host and Survival Challenge Season 9 alum, Jason Sarowski. For those new to the podcast, Survival Challenge is an accelerated five-day version of the CBS reality show Survivor, held in Macomb, Illinois, each summer. Although casting has concluded for the upcoming season, you can still donate or even volunteer to help with the show. You can find out more at survivalchallenge.net. And with that, I want to introduce today's guest, Julie Andrews. Hey, Julie. What's up, Jason? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like you heard, this is this is the therapy session for all the players, and um, you have <laughs> not had yours yet, and you got pretty far, so I'm sure you've got a lot that you want to get off your chest, so I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I've been chomping at the bits to talk to you, not only because I've just been dying to talk Survival Challenge, but also because we weren't on a tribe together, so this is really our first chance to, you know, know. talk in something that's not, like, text-based or in a group chat and stuff, so. Seriously, we had, like... 30 seconds outside a porta potty like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the morning of day or four. on on the walk before you know and the, yeah. when we were green and blue and yeah that was it. about it <laughs> which is crazy because i mean i mean you made it to the last day i made it to day four but like mm-hmm. the fact that we were together for four days at least and we barely crossed paths is kind of interesting it is interesting and it's always kind of like that where it's like I don't know about you, but I always kind of do the what if of like, well, what if you were just with different people? Like, what would that have yeah. gone? Like, maybe if I were on your tribe, I would have gone pre-merge, you know? Like, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I would love yeah. to run it back, like, just run the run our cast back in a, a bunch of different games and just see what, like, you know how they yeah. do, like, um, like NFL simulators or whatever, where they run the same game a thousand times and then like, yeah. this is like what would happen. I, I, was, I always tell people, like, if you ran the same cast a hundred times, like, you might... You might get the same winner like 30% yep. of the time or whatever, but the path to it would be different every single time, which is kind of interesting. You know, like oh, even if totally. we were on the same tribes, it would be different. Like who knows? It's just, yeah. that's why it's so fun though, I guess. I don't know if there's been any LRGs that have done like a repeat cast, but I think that would be fascinating to see how that would end up, yeah, you know, mix up, mix up yeah. the tribes and just see yeah. what happens. That would be fascinating. Yeah, I feel oh. like the the instinct for me is to think like, well, the the winner is gonna be the first boot, but then it's like everybody wants to use them as a shield too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, you never know. That's actually Brinkley two time winner. Let's go. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's actually a great idea. We should bring that up to uh, to John and crew. Like, hey, maybe you guys should do this one time. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Plus, we all know season nine's the best. So, of course, what better yeah. cast than to you know bring bring us back, bring mm-hmm. us back. See, shots fired. They're going to come after me now. Everybody's like, what? Oh, Don't put that out there, Jason. How dare yeah. you? No, no, no. I'm leaving it in. All right. Before we jump into your game stuff, um, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about who Julie is? Sure. So my name is Julie Andrews. I am 31 years old. Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, originally from Florida, but have been in Atlanta for, I don't know, eight something years now. Um, I have a four-year-old son. He's freaking amazing. He's going into kindergarten in the fall, which is wild. Um, and then for work, I work as a procurement engineer for a company that makes electrical products. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I guess in my spare time, I love, uh, travel. I love music. I love sports to some capacity. Um, I'm a huge survivor nerd, of course. So allergies were just a huge, you know, allergies and, and the org world in general were just awesome for me in, in getting more confidence in myself and like kind of putting myself out there socially and everything. So, um, yeah, I guess that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Actually, I had no idea that you had a son. Yep. <laughs> Super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. And you said he's four? 
He's four. Yes. Four and a half, um, turning five in June. Yeah. It's wild as a parent because I feel like, um, every year that he's gone and every every year that he gets older, I'm like, well, this is the best year that it's been. And then it just like keeps getting better. So yeah. 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 And then they become (laughs) teenagers and then everything goes downhill. I have heard that. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard that a bit. So (laughs) I'm just holding on to the good moments while I have them. We're trying to anyways. You're like, you guys are teenagers. You're supposed to be, I'm supposed to be able to reason with you. Like, why why can I reason with a four-year-old better than a 16-year-old? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. It's like Benjamin Uh, Button. They went backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's Yeah, that's part of growing up too, right? Yeah. Parenthood. (laughs) Everybody goes through it. Is he, uh, is he starting uh, uh, kindergarten this, this uh, fall? Yeah. Yeah. In August. Hey, that's the best time. Get get out, get out the house for eight hours. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's wild, like just to see how much he's developed in the last year or so too. Where it's like you really can have like conversations with him, and I can see, you know, he's starting to do math problems and stuff. Like it's just what what is happening? <laughs> Love that for him. See? Yep, that's yep. awesome. All right, well, let's do it. Let's uh, let's jump into um, what what uh, what got you into well you just talked about a little bit about LRGs and and orgs you know mm-hmm. and and your love for them but what got you into um, to apply to survival challenge and then like how did you find out about this game in particular yeah um, it's it's a good story it kind of goes full circle in a lot of ways so I've been a survival fan survivor fan from basically the beginning I started watching season three in Africa. Um, with my mom and then I kind of just kept going all the way through the years watching live almost every season I think I missed one technically but went back and watched it later um, and what happened was I just became more of a super fan over the years like in the 30s I found like Rob has a podcast and kind of joined that community a little bit and then during the pandemic um, I learned about the org world a little bit so I learned about a game that I had seen um our podcasters and some survivors that had played and it looked really cool. And so I jumped into it um, in 2020 and I played like four games of that. And I ended up meeting a lot of survival challenge alum um, through that. So I met Hannah from season six first and she kind of invited me to another game where I met Travis from season seven. And then Travis invited me to a game called Pandora, which was my first like full-time org. Um, and that org was hosted by Justin from season seven. And I ended up playing four seasons of Pandora in 2021 um, and kind of like gradually learned more about survival, survival challenge from that, because at the end of every season, Justin would say, hey, like there's this thing called survival challenge. Um, you all should apply. You'd be great. And so I kind of heard like little bits as I went along. Um, but what really got me into the survival challenge world more deeply was Um, There was a group of friends that I met in my first game of Pandora, and we decided somewhere along the way before the summer of 2021, is this 21? Yeah, 21, uh, for season eight, um, that we wanted to do a meetup. And what better place to meet up than where there were other people that we knew already hanging out, and that was at Survival Challenge season eight. So the five of us went to Macomb uh, last year. And did our little meetup. We got to hang out with production, kind of were in the audience. And what ended up happening also is that one of our friends, Stephanie, ended up playing in season eight. Um, she was kind of pulled in last minute. So what turned into like what started as like a meetup for us turned into like we're cheering on our girl Stephanie as hard as we can. And it was amazing. Um, 
So that was really where I got thrown into it. And I learned firsthand what the game is like. I was fascinated by how fast paced it was. Um, I feel like you really get a sense of that as an audience member. And you would know a little bit, Jason, from that, but also from playing is you're going back and forth from challenge to tribal, challenge to tribal, challenge to tribal. Like it really is that quick from an audience perspective. And so you really see like how fast it is. Um, and I just loved seeing how epic the challenges were and the tribal councils and everything was just, you know, the production value of everything was really amazing. Um, the thing that I remember the most about it though, was seeing how horrible the weather was (laughs) and being struck by the conditions and how real everything was. Um, because that season they had the tornado, uh, watch. Yeah, that they evacuated everybody for. And it was it was wild because you could see the storm was coming in and, you know, everybody's kind of running around. I remember there's a lot of talk about, like, could they get everything done in time before the storm comes in? There was whispers about there being reports of tennis ball size hail. And I'm looking around like, what the hell is going on yeah. here? Like, I heard a tornado siren for the first time because we don't have that in the South. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, <laughs> what is going on? So, um so it was really amazing um, to see that, that the game continues and you're you're really in the thick of it. Um, it rained for the entire weekend, essentially, there. Um, I saw the most amazing lightning storm that night. It was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. You know, in Macomb, everything is just so wide open. It just illuminates the entire sky and the cornfields. And it was just really amazing. Um I remember like by the end of the weekend, um, the, the site itself was so muddy that we ended up going to Walmart to get like rubber boots because our shoes were getting ruined just walking to and from like tribal and everything. I mean, it, it really was like a lot in season eight. Um, and I'm looking that at all this. That sounds terrible. Like, why it, it, would you it, it even was... <laughs> apply after that? Like, you, you're telling me a bunch of terrible things of why you love Survival Challenge. And I'm like, that no. sounds horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was very much like I'm coming out of it and I'm seeing like everybody that's coming out of the game is still like this was amazing like they look worn out as as hell like they're all exhausted but they're still saying like I would do it again you know and yeah. and I'm looking at all this and saying like this is unlike anything that I'll ever do in my life and I just I, there is a, a bit of me that's kind of like an adventure seeker and like wanting to like push myself a bit in uncomfortable situations and so I'm looking at this and saying like could I do this? I don't know if I can do this, but I sure as hell want to find out. Like let's yeah. let's go and see if we can do this. Um I don't think I would ever do survivor or like I'm I don't think I'll ever be cast. I've never applied or anything, but um but that's kind of like, well, I don't know if I could do this for 39 days, but if it's only five days, let's push ourselves and see what we can do a little bit, you know? Yeah. So um, so that was really what got me to apply was being there firsthand, seeing everything and, and taking it all in and just wanting to see if I could do it. Um, aside from the endless like positive things that I heard from, you know, everybody that I knew that, that yeah. had done it. So, and yeah. your love for the game, of course. Of course, yes. So, I love for the game. <laughs> was that the first time that you had ever applied to Survival Challenge? Yes. Yeah, that was the first time that I applied. Um, nice. Yeah. And, and it was cool because I got back from that that summer and I immediately was like, well, if I want to apply this summer, then let's, you know, try to get into shape a little bit. And so I started running like last year and everything, mm-hmm. um, got back into like lifting weights and stuff because it had been some years since I had done that pretty regularly. 
Sure. And um, and that really was like the goal and kind of the incentive to to get back into things was like, well, I want to do this for survival challenge. So let's so it ended up like establishing a lot more like healthy habits and everything because I had oh, that awesome. as a goal. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you applied. Obviously, you were cast because you were marooned with the rest of us. So, <laughs> so tell me about your journey to Macomb and then kind of like leading up to the start of the game. Yeah. Um, my journey to Macomb was interesting. I'm saying this uh, from the casting point to uh, getting to Macomb. So those those couple months leading up to it, because I was like going through a lot last year, like personally, um, and including like a major like life upheaval, basically the week before going out to Macomb. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it, it was kind of a lot <laughs> mentally and everything, trying to stay focused and, but also like just dealing with my real life stuff. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it was very like welcome to have kind of this break from things and to focus on the game. Um, but I came in feeling like a little bit scatterbrained. Like I felt like I was a little bit less grounded than I wanted to be coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like spending time and, and like working out and doing all of that. But really the most important part for me was trying to um, reflect on like where I went wrong in previous games and trying to come up with a strategy um, and, and, and really like some kind of mantra that I could try to like say to myself. Um, when I'm sitting at night and I want to like remind myself like, Hey, this is where you went wrong. Like try to stick to the plan here and think things, things through a little bit. Yeah. Um, so like what I came up with in the few days before, and I'll share it with you. Cause I think it's, um, I think it's good for future players to be thinking about this and to have something in mind that they can like feel at home and to like remind themselves of what they want to do when they went out there. So mm-hmm. My mantra that I came up with, it was kind of like a strategy thing where it was like, I'm picturing this as a pyramid where the base of it, like before anything else was, I wanted to be present. Like it, as much as I could in every conversation, in every kind of area was be present. And then the next level up kind of uh, going off of that was to be vigilant. So kind of trying to be aware, thinking about what could go wrong, um, watching, being vigilant. And then above that was always have a plan. And then above that was, when in doubt, trust your gut. Um, so I did that because I, I realized in the games that I, where I went wrong before, a lot of it was um, not always thinking about what could go wrong. Sometimes I can be like idealistic in thinking that like my plan is going to happen and you get kind of consumed in that. And I wanted to try to like remind myself like, hey, think about what could go wrong here. Like bring yourself back into like, thinking about how other people are perceiving you and, and trying to, to um, work that to your advantage so that you're not, you know, at the bottom of anyone's list and things. So I really think that it's important for people to try to reflect on that. And I was trying to um, have that in mind before I went out there so that I could like come back to that when you get there. Cause it's too easy to like get caught up in the game, but when you have something that you can go back to, um, I think it just helps to, to keep you grounded a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to throw that, that out there. Yeah. 
Thank you. Your little pyramid, um, your little survival. My little pyramid. pyramid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not to say that I was successful in actually doing that, but that was the intention coming in. <laughs> I mean, you got sixth place. That's pretty damn successful. I mean, oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, there's definitely, I'll, I'll touch on this later, but there's still some areas in there where I feel like I went wrong and repeated some of the same problems that I had before, but that's another story. It's hard um, to, it's hard yeah. to follow the pyramid when you're hungry, tired, exhausted, <laughs> and mentally drained. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then one thing that I didn't do, but that I think is, um, well, I'll talk about the prep a little bit because there's a couple of things that I want to say, uh, thinking about the people that are coming into it um, and thinking about like how I prepped for it is I feel like when I was listening, because I was going through the same thing, I was listening to podcasts of like, what do other people do? What should I be doing when I'm coming into it? And there was so much focus on like the physical piece of like, well, you should be running, you should be swimming, you should be doing all this stuff, balancing puzzles, blah, blah, blah. And I think that it can easily lead to like not feeling ready if you're trying to focus on like every single thing and trying to be good at everything, because in a lot of ways, like you can't be a hundred percent ready physically. That's just, you, you can try, you definitely can, but there's going to be some area where you're going to feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not ready in this capacity, but don't yeah. let that like hold you back. And as best as you can, like, try not to let that, like, hinder you or think that you're not, like, worthy of being there or you can't fit in with other people there because you're weaker in some area. Um, so what I tried to do coming into it, because, you know, I, I'm not, like, the most physically fit person I try to be, but my... Um, I tend to go through stretches where I'm like really on and then I'll get like really off the bandwagon. And it's like, well, that's not working out right now. And that's okay. Join the club, Julie. Join <laughs> yeah. the club. Oh, please, Jason. Come on. <laughs> not you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have my same bouts with wanting to sit on the couch and, and not work out. Trust me. Yeah. Well, that's that's good to know because I feel like you're like Superman over here. So <laughs> Definitely not, but thank you. But definitely Yeah. I hope that I can be in as good a shape as you are when, you know, when I'm your age. So <laughs> just gotta, but, um, just gotta hustle and it helps sure. to have, it helps to have Rhea like trying to keep me in, in check too. So that's nice. that, that does help. Yeah. yeah. I, I just need a Rhea in my life to kick me into gear. That's all. <laughs> hey, she, she's a trainer. She's willing to help everybody. I will, we can, we can bark orders through the, this, the uh, <laughs> cast chat. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, so I wanted to advocate for, um, kind of focusing on your strengths, like focusing on what you're good at, focus on what makes you feel confident and like good about yourself mm -hmm. so that you can come into it being like, okay, this is where I think I can fit in the best. And maybe I'm not so great in these areas, but I think I can really excel and contribute to the team in a couple of key areas. Um, in uh, the corporate world, like my job, there's a lot of focus on like on that kind of thing of strength space training where it's like, um, there's only so much that you can bring up your weaknesses, but your strengths where you can really, where you really enjoy that and where you're like confident and you can really like excel if you focus on developing those areas. Um, so for me, it was like, well, I really enjoy weight training. That's something that I do like naturally and it makes me feel confident and strong and empowered. And so it's like, let me focus on that a bit. Let me get to a decent baseline of running where it's like, I feel like I can contribute at least a little bit um, or keep up a little bit. But the areas where like, I'm like, well, I suck at this. Like, I'm not a swimmer. I'm absolutely not a swimmer at all. And so I didn't even train for swimming at all. I just said, like, it is what it is. I'm able to, like, not drown. So if I'm thrown into the water, I'll be okay. 
but I'm not going to win any swimming competitions and learning, relearning how to swim. Like it would be more effort than, um, than I think the payoff would be to, to Mm -hmm. focus on that area. Um, as long as you come in and I think that you're aware of those potential areas and you can communicate that to your tribe, then I don't think it's really that much of a hindrance. There's going to be people who can swim. There's going to be people who are amazing sprinters. There's going to be a lot of marathon people. Like there's going to be areas where you're able to kind of adapt and fit in with your tribe and it's not going to be a huge deal. At least that's what I think, but (laughs) no, I agree. I agree with that. I think, I think, and we saw it play out at least for the bozos. Like we were all like, Hey, we're not good at this. We're good at that. Like, and I think when you're able to, um, to find the strengths, like you said, on your tribe, it makes your tribe stronger when you don't try to be the hero in a situation where you're not comfortable just, just because you want to do it. Right. Like I'm not the best yeah. swimmer. I I got stuck swimming, but I'm not the best swimming swimmer. And I think yeah. my tribe knew that. And, and, but it just worked for that particular, you know, for some of those challenges, but I did not want to be in the water and I only went in once and it was terrible. So. Um, but yeah i mean i think i think that's you're dead on with that i I think most tribes flourish when people can can vocalize their strengths and um and and their weaknesses really i mean it's not it's not it's not bad to vocalize your weakness in a team environment yeah you want to win as a tribe right right as long as you're aware of it and because yeah if you're if you're not so great at something there's somebody else that can pick up the slack that's that's what i think at least on our cast where everybody was like <laughs> super athletes, I felt. <laughs> For real. You got Brinkley's legs running around out there. And you're like, what am I going to do? How can I compete with this man? For real. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's, that's where my mindset was coming into the game. Um, the the travel to the game was interesting because I, I had plans to travel with a few of my friends um, from the Pandora world as well. So um, where most people on our cast, it sounds like they were getting in like the night before and kind of settling in at the hotel and stuff. Um, I traveled the morning of on Wednesday. <laughs> like I flew in. Rookie. Um, yeah, but it, it worked out pretty well, I think. Um, I, I flew in at like eight in the morning, I think, like bright and early. So um, if anything were to go wrong with the flight, I was like, well, I could probably get a later flight uh, and figure it out. But it, it was pushing it a little bit. Um so I got in at like eight o'clock to St. Louis. Uh, my friends met me, th- met me there and we drove the rest of the way to Macomb. Um, we stopped at a breakfast place. We had like a little friend road trip type of thing going on. You've got the music going. We actually stopped and did um, an escape room in this random small town and like stopped and had a drink and had like a big lunch at Fazoli's. Like we just, I don't know. It was, it was a casual trip up and we just kind of took our time and like, Hey, let's, let's do an escape room. Why not? <laughs> like, cool. yeah. So and it, um, and it helps you to keep your mind off, you know, whatever was going on at the time. And is yeah. your, your escape started not when you got dropped in the game, but almost like during the road trip. Right. So yeah, that, a little bit. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was great. I, I definitely recommend if you're able to convince some friends to come along with you, it definitely helped keep the nerves down a little bit, but the side effect is that, um, I, I get to the site, right. And it's like, at this point I've been with my friends for the whole day and it's like, well, now I'm going to play this game. Oh, wait a minute. Oh crap. Like what is going on? You know, like I'm just, we got there like right at the site at four o'clock. I didn't have like hours before waiting around twiddling my thumbs. 
Um, so it was like all that anxiety was like hitting me all at once where it's like, oh shit, like this game is starting now. Oh my God. Oh my God. What do I do? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a little bit of like dissociation where it's like, oh my God, wait. Oh yeah. I'm here for the game. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh no. Like, yeah, I, I could, I could imagine how that could feel. Like I'm, I was, you know, waiting around for the game to start. So just thinking yeah. about it, um, which also might not be that healthy maybe maybe the way you started was healthier because you didn't get a chance to kind of i don't know how you are with anxiety but like i had anxiety about the game all morning and Rhea's yeah. like we just shut up like it, it's it's gonna start <laughs> soon so maybe you like not having that kind of calms you a little bit i don't know maybe it was helpful yeah i don't know i feel like maybe a middle ground would be good like being able to process the anxiety a little bit for like an hour or something and then sort of like be on the downhill of it because as it was it was like I was like peak like right as we're starting it's like (laughs) which brings a lot of excitement but it's also like maybe there was some nervous energy coming that people are like ah like what's I don't know I don't know if anybody picked up on my anxiety but it was I was definitely feeling it for sure. (laughs) So who did you um, who did you do your first walkabout with? Your four? Yeah, so I get to the site. Um, I'm on the Blue Tribe, the original Blue Tribe. So mm-hmm. I've got, um, well, first thing is we pull up to the site. I think I'm the first car there. And then there's a car that comes and literally pulls up like face to face with our car. And I'm like, why are they parking facing us, first of all? Is this the <laughs> game? So, What's happening? Yeah, I'm like, why are they facing us? <laughs> and so I'm like looking in the car, but I'm like, oh my God, like, don't look at me, you know, kind of doing this, like, who are they? But also don't look, you know, like nervousness. Um, and it's Isaiah. I can kind of see, you know, the, the bright smile coming from the front seat. And I'm like okay, this guy seems cool. And I feel like I could pick up on similar energy where it's like, even through a car, I'm like, I can see his excitement. I think he's also kind of like feeling the nerves a little bit, jumping around a little bit, um, trying to like look in the car and stuff. So I felt like it was similar to how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of my first impression was like, okay, Isaiah, uh, I feel like I could, I could vibe with him. Um, We line up. So I think, I don't know, at some point the other cars came ahead of ours and then we line up outside the cars Javin is on the very end and then it's Mike and then Isaiah and myself. Um, and, you know, we're kind of doing the line thing and we're making eyes at each other a little bit. Uh, yeah. Most of us are. <laughs> um, we're kind of doing the whole like looking, but also not looking like, okay, I see you, you know, and then yeah, looking straight yeah. ahead. Um, Cat and mouse game. Yep. 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 Um, Javin, I remember from, you know, we're on opposite ends and he's kind of looking over. He's got like this excitement that he's like holding back, I could tell. Um, so definitely like liked his vibe. And I think I remember Mike was like looking straight ahead <laughs> the whole time. Like, I don't think he was really making eyes at anyone. And I'm like, why is he not looking? I don't know. Because <laughs> I was definitely trying to, you know, make first impressions and yeah. you know, kind of smile. But I'm also just like, shaking back and forth and like shifting my weight around like what do I do with my hands type of thing so yeah that's the nervousness that's the nervous anxiety kicking in yep for sure so so did Isaiah get the note when you guys started walking I think so I feel like I can picture him being like okay sure I'll take it and you know that that kind of thing so I think I think he did get the note 
Um, and I remember we were all just like, is, is this our tribe? Like, is this it? Like, what are we, we're doing this? Okay. I guess we're going now. Um, and and for me, it was a little bit of a flashback because I definitely, uh, one of the games that I played started with tribes of four where we actually voted in tribes of four. And so, and and that was a game that Justin ran. So I was like looking at Justin because he was like, uh, at my group and I'm like, you know, tribes of four type of thing later on. (laughs) Like I'm having flashbacks here. Not this again. (laughs) um but yeah so uh that was cool actually i I liked having the tribes of four to start like getting in a small group and just starting with that and we're we're trying to talk to each other and trying to get to know each other and i remember early on like the way that we were reading the clue was we thought um first of all we immediately assumed that like okay this isn't going to be it we're probably going to meet um, the second half of our group on on the way or at the end of this thing that we're going on and then eventually we're going to be like a tribe of eight or whatever yeah um but then we also were guessing based on the clue that it was going to be um we might be like quizzed about each other because it was it, the way it was written was like oh make sure to get to know each other along the way um and it kind of seemed to be hinting at like this could be important so we were like we need to remember everything about what everybody says to us like their facts their hometown and everything um when we met you guys i remember afterward um we were going over the names and we were like okay so it was kim jason alex like we were trying to remember everybody's name and everything so um I uh, I remember thinking that like we definitely were like analyzing and like speculating and everything, and um, of course Mike like immediately one of the first things he says is I was on production of Survival Challenge and we're like wow okay like yeah, this thanks is thanks for sharing yeah yeah <laughs> like right away like maybe the second thing that he said after he said my name is Mike was I was on production yeah um so yeah and 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 then um you know I don't know if I realized this until later but like later on in the night like isaiah was very open about like how much survival challenge he'd watch and everything and we're speculating left and right about everything and um and then javin you know of course he's he's kelsey's husband so um so he was in the audience last year as well even though i didn't i don't think we crossed paths at the time but um I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I feel like with our little blue tribe, it was like, well, let's just try to cram like all the people with maybe the most survival challenge experience or like knowledge and, and see what they do. But um, that was kind of fascinating to me to see like, you know, what yeah. we were speculating about and like how, how we were guessing that, you know, the tribe swap was going to end up exactly how it did with, you know, there's three men and one woman on ours and it's like well there's three women and one one guy so we're probably gonna merge those groups together one survivor each kind of thing um and i i remember actually i'm I'm jumping ahead here but i remember after you guys got the advantage um that we were talking about what it could be and i think we did land on like it probably is like an extra vote or like a vote steal or some type of thing so yeah (laughs) um yeah so i i remember just being like wow like this group is very like open about their fandom and involvement and it was very interesting to me because as much as like I also had that experience I wasn't telling anybody that like I didn't tell anybody that I was at survival challenge the year before Uh, I didn't talk about my my game experience at any point in uh in survival challenge I was not going into that at all (laughs) so anything um, that could be perceived as as a threat you don't want to volunteer that like first yeah you know what I mean yeah. Especially when you don't know, because the note did say we're vote. You'll be voting together at tribal council, so you you don't know what that means. So yeah. you're like, I'm not like 
we could be voting as a four block or like the four of us. And I don't want like anybody to single me out for any reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was definitely trying to keep that under wraps a little bit. Um, I was telling them later on because it was like, oh, how'd you hear about this? I told them that I learned about Survival Challenge from Adam Klein's Instagram, which was like a common thing that people either said or like they did learn about it from Adam Klein because he was very public about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured that was a believable lie, even though it's yeah. kind of funny that I ended up being on the same tribe as his girlfriend and didn't realize it until like she said that. <laughs> so it kind yeah. of could have exposed me a little bit that I didn't recognize her. But um, but nobody, I don't think anybody put that together. So <laughs> All right, so you guys do your little walkabout. You you walk past a bunch of people. We talked. Yeah. Um, anything from your walk um, and the the challenge with the rope challenge, anything that like stood out to you or that you want to talk about on that little beginning part? Um, no, I remember that we were just kind of leisurely, like we weren't rushing or anything. We, when we saw you guys, it was like, oh yeah, like let's stop and talk. And you guys were very friendly and, and wanting to talk to us as well. And that stood out. And so from then on, it was like, oh, I feel like we got good, good vibes from green. Like we could maybe work with green if it comes mm-hmm. down to it. Um, so I definitely had kept that in mind. And then we walked past the red tribe. Uh, I think it was red, right? It was um, Missy Jordan yeah. and Francis, I think. And, and Cole. Culp, yes, 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 yes. Um, so we walked past them, and I remember they were they were going really quickly, and we were kind of like, uh, uh, "Hi, bye," kind of thing. <laughs> like we wanted to stay and talk, but they were they were going really fast. Uh, and so we definitely kind of noted the difference of like, well, okay, like you know, you kind of see who's like in business mode and who's stopping and being more social and everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I do remember seeing Missy as she passed and being like do I recognize her? Like she looks really familiar. I think that yeah. might be, but I, I didn't say anything at the time cause I wasn't sure. Um, but it definitely was like, ah, she looks really familiar. That might, that might be uh, Missy from IOI. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that, that definitely stood out was kind of the difference between the dynamics of the groups and, um, and that whole thing. And, and we were talking pretty openly about that. Um, the ropes challenge back at camp uh well we didn't complete it so we obviously didn't have the right strategy um i don't really know what went wrong there we just i remember just trying a, a million different things and kind of yeah. trying to brute force it and it just wasn't working out um we thought we had it like multiple times where it was like look it is and then justin's like no that's not it and we're like oh, shit okay so um but yeah so that that kind of sucked we didn't figure it out um that was the one that you guys got right or yeah yeah, yeah. It, had, it was like the extra um, flint and the extra like husk mm-hmm. to help yeah. w- would be the fire challenge that, that night. Yeah. So because we didn't get that, um, they, of course, said, well, there's an extra chance. There's a key somewhere hidden in, you know, a sack in the woods. And we're like, all right, great. We'll go on a wild goose chase and see if we can find it. Um, and we're looking around. And, of course, we didn't end up finding it at all. But um, But it was fun to kind of get the experience of, looking around and I'm trying to like look for this, but I'm also like, you know, idols. Are there, are there idols yet? Is that a thing yet? (laughs) Trying to look around a little bit. Um, Were you guys solo when you were looking for the the key or were you kind of in groups kind of talking a little bit? It was a little bit of both. It was like, we would go off, um, in kind of a general area, we kind of go off in pairs and then we would kind of split off individually and say, Hey, let's kind of go over here and then try to come back. If it was like, well, I've been gone a little bit too long. So let me go back to where the group was. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was it was a good experience because it was fun to see like when you kind of stopped. It was like, well, I'm getting tired of this. I don't know if we're gonna find it, and so like, let's talk a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think that was where I got to talk with Isaiah and Javin a bit more um, mm-hmm. than Mike. I don't remember why that was. I just remember like we were stopping and, and talking a bit more. Um, so yeah, um, good vibes originally. I, I really enjoyed everybody on Blue. Um, but I definitely did feel a bit more connected with um, Isaiah and Javin just because I felt like we had a little bit more time together in um, the early conversations and everything. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Good vibes, but we didn't end up getting the key or anything. So we're kind of like, well, do we just suck at this so far? Like, is this how the game's going to go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that was that was definitely an interesting challenge. And yeah. Plus, again, you're like, you're so pumped up from just getting there and trying to talk to people and you know trying to decide like you know you're you're following your pyramid do i want to be vigilant do i want to over talk like you know you're like you're you're trapped in your plan and you want to make sure you're not doing too much so yeah. it's, it's it's definitely a very like exciting time mm-hmm. and john even said it he tried to make us as uncomfortable as possible and yeah. i was definitely uncomfortable you know like even early on it was fun but i was i had a lot of nervous energy you know, mm-hmm. through all of those first couple of challenges. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they do a good job of keeping you on your toes for sure and and trying to make you as nervous as possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It. Um, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I don't really know that, that I have too much more on the idle searching. I know that we were, like, close to finding it, apparently. They told us afterward. It was like, yeah, it was right by your foot a couple times. It's like, oh, well, of course man. it was. <laughs> So no like alliance talk or anything like that happens. Like um, you got you got vibes and kind of feeling people out, but nobody was like because you know there was some other like Baltazar point, no. and stuff was like, hey, I'm good. You were good. Like Baltazar was already having discussions about, are you good with me? Like you know, of course, of during course his little search. So I wanted to make sure you guys. Yeah, I think the vibe on Blue is a little bit different. I think we were. Um, I don't know if it's just how we are as players, but I think we were just trying to keep things open a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely did feel like, I mean, if you were to ask me that night, like, who's your three? I'd be like me, Javin and Isaiah. So like yeah. there was something kind of forming, but there wasn't anything explicit at that point, And nobody was yeah. really talking strategy. Um, mm-hmm. I know that at, at some point during the night, I think it was probably after the fire challenge. Um, like Mike might've gone to the bathroom or something and we kind of did like a, Hey, like this, this three, like type of thing. And, yeah. um, so, you know, there was a little bit of that, but it wasn't anything like we're going to stick to the end or any kind of solid agreement. It was kind of like, this is, this is a thing, right? Like, yeah. Okay, cool. You know, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing deeper than that. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, then we do the fire challenge. Um, you want to talk about that at all? Um, we got sparks a couple times, um, but obviously there was nothing that you could really start when everything is wet and you're literally yeah. trying to start fire on a tiny piece of twine from the bag. Like yeah. that's all that we have without any like dry kindling or anything. There's just no way to get anything to start. So, yeah. um, you know, it was funny watching it back when they're like, well, these people just didn't practice fire. It's like, no, we practiced fire. We just had yeah. no dry material to start a fire. <laughs> we didn't practice it in the rain, John. We didn't do it in the rain, but yeah. you know, 
makes it a little bit harder. And I did practice fire a little bit, so I felt like, all right, like I could maybe get something started if it was dry. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's basically a non-starter when it's all wet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. All right, so... Um... Ooh, but this is where we noticed all the other survivors was oh, when yeah, we yeah, got come to on. come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember we were like pretty on the far side, and I think we could... Um, we could see Donathan. He might have been the first one that we saw um, that was closest to us. And Mike goes, I think that's Donathan over there. And we're like, oh, shit, it is. And then over on Yellow, he was like, and that's Lunch Lady Denise. And we're like, yeah, wait a minute. And then I, I don't think that he called out Missy right away because I remember um, as I was looking at them again, I'm like, that is – now that I know that they're survivors, I'm pretty sure that's Missy. And so then I was like, like Mike, isn't that Missy over there? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's Missy. So, um, so yeah, it was it was cool because by the end of it, like I remember we did confessionals that, that night and they were like, did anything stand out? Like, did you notice anybody? And we were like, yep, there's Denise, Donovan, like Missy. Yeah. We got them all covered. Like we could see them all. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was cool. And at that point it was like we were – correctly guessing that okay we're gonna merge with one of those groups so we're gonna yeah. have either donathan um missy or denise yeah so any anybody that you uh would have wished for or did you get who you wanted um this is just like personal fun preference just a you know i'm sure you yeah. guys speculated about who you're getting but well who would you have well, rather had which one well, I guess I guess the way it was, like Donathan was on a tribe with three guys and one girl, right? So it wouldn't have been Donathan's. So between um, Missy and Denise, I mean, I was really excited to to see Missy because um, I don't know, she's just, she's has a very bright like energy and smile, and I was like, I think she's very cool. Like I remember uh, she was my winner pick for her season. Shout out to Missy uh, <laughs> on on her season. So I was pretty excited to see her. Um, I wanted to cross paths with her at some point, but it didn't end up happening. So that's too bad. Yeah. Um, Denise, I mean, I was excited to see Denise, but it's been a really long time since I've seen China. So it just wasn't like top of mind because yeah. I haven't like rewatched all that many old, older seasons. So, um, so I just didn't remember that much about her, but I was still like, oh, that's cool. Like Denise is here, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, so the first night was with the four. You guys have a pretty good, pretty good night. I, you guys were super loud. I remember hearing, you guys, <laughs> I remember hearing Isaiah and you, I think laughing all night long <laughs> and we didn't know who it was until after we realized that you guys were the closest to us but you guys were super loud that's funny i, I love that you guys heard us i remember oh, yeah. there were a couple times when um i don't know who it was but somebody was like yelling out like green team what's up <laughs> like, <laughs> like what the fuck were you guys doing like what was so funny at your camp like what was it because we, we were, were having like, a blast you were we, we really blast. were like i if there's one thing that I take away from Blue Crew like that night was just even though we sucked at like the tri the the challenges that day, it was like we just were high energy, like we we kept our spirits up. There's um there's one picture of us after we got our shelter like set up and the rain starting to come in mm. and you can tell like it's it's dark, it's getting kind of wet and cold, but we're just like thumbs up, smiling, like chilling yeah. at the shelter and I love that picture because it I feel like it really like exemplifies like how we were on that tribe mm-hmm. um i really enjoyed it but uh yeah i mean that night i remember we uh were drifting kind of like in and out of sleep i probably slept more than the others did mm-hmm. or so i heard like i remember i woke up at one point and i wasn't sure if i had slept but 
um, Isaiah said something like, well, I heard somebody snoring, so I know somebody slept. And then Javin said, yeah, I heard the snoring too. And then Mike said, yeah, I heard the snoring too. And so I was like, well, I guess that's me. I'm the snorers. <laughs> hey, if you're snoring, that means you're getting good sleep. You're getting ready for the morning, the next day, the field day, as Missy will call it. You're getting ready for yeah. the field day. Yeah. I mean, I think like I was pretty tired from the travel day the night, the day before, because I had to get up super early to, to be at the Atlanta airport yeah. um, for my eight o'clock flight. You know, I had to, I don't know, I probably got up at four in the morning or something to get there early enough. Um, but yeah, so I was, and I, I remember like, I was just, you know, packing everything and trying to get all your stuff together. Like I was just, I had a lot of nervousness the night before too. So um, yeah, sleep, sleep was great. I don't know. I, I, those couple hours or however much I got, I just felt um, I felt pretty good about it. And then I woke up and, you know, everybody else was kind of awake at certain points and we were playing games, you know, we, we were playing, uh, I think Mike was the one that said, uh, that game came up with the game idea where it was like, oh, we're gonna, you get a letter and then you say like a, a survivor. Um, and then the, the next person has to do like the first letter of the last name starts the, the first letter of the next name or whatever. Um, and so we just kind of kept going around and saying all these survivors and stuff. And then, eventually it turned into just like famous people so it was like you got to get a sense of what people were into like mike was super into movies and so he was saying all these movie people and then javin was saying all these baseball players i remember and like isaiah was saying a lot of like music people i hadn't even heard of and i was just throwing like whatever random celebrity name i could pull out of my thing i'm like i think this person's celebrity like let me go with that one (laughs) so um so yeah that was i don't know it, it was that and then it was um I don't know. We had some good conversations. We were talking about uh, like social issues and stuff. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about just like survivor, like strategy. And um, I remember we were talking about like um, sticking together as a tribe. Like Mike at the time was very much like, I'll go to rocks for you guys. Like if it's a four, four or whatever, like I'll go to rocks. And we were like, yeah, sure. Like we'll do that for sure. Um, I was, I mean, I was never going to go to rocks, but, um, (laughs) but he was saying that and, uh, you know, I, it felt earnest from him. I don't know if it was for sure or not, but, um, but we were talking about that. We were talking about sticking together. We're talking about like, you know, the extra vote and, um, just what would happen, you know, with tribes of four. Um, I remember feeling like, you know, just from a game perspective, like when there's tribes of four, like people are going to be really close. This is the group that you start with, you know, people, this is going to change the dynamics a little bit where you're going to want to stick with your group and, and stay close to each other. Yeah. 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 We're talking about that a bit too, but it was a blast just in general. Like it was like, I love these guys. Like we had a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed my time with the blue crew. All right. So we have a good night. You wake up and you merge with, Mm -hmm. Who, yellow we'll they were yellow they were yellow previous yes. yellow and that was baltazar denise yes um who else kaylee and callie kaylee and callie okay um initial thoughts initial thoughts um i was excited to get more women on my tribe <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i mean i felt comfortable with the guys like i've i've I work in STEM. Like I work with a lot of men. I've played sports and stuff. You know, I, I, sure. I have no problem. Like I, I enjoy being around guys, but I also just enjoy having the feminine energy around me too. So yeah. I was really excited to have more women on the tribe. Um, um, I'm trying to think of like what stood out with, um, with them in particular. I remember when we first did introductions, um, I think Kaylee and Callie were, you know, right next to each other and, and they said their names and, 
we kind of were like, wow, so they put a Kaylee and a Callie like on the same tribe and they're both, you know, younger and everything. And so we were like, wait, 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 like which one's Kaylee, which one's Callie? And um, they were really cute about it. They had like a, um, they had like a saying or like a thing that was like, well, Callie is not from Cali. She's from Texas and Kaylee is from Cali, you know, California. And so we were like, okay, like that's, that's how we can remember it. <laughs> um, it kind of made it a little bit more confusing in the moment, but like once you get to know them a little bit better, it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't need the, the, um, the thing anymore to remember, but, yeah. um, but it was, it was cute the way that they presented it. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking um, that they just seemed tight. Like they almost had like a sisterly kind of uh, bond where it just felt like it was natural. And so immediately I was like, okay, they seem like they're pretty like tight together. Yeah. Uh, let's keep an eye. Let's keep an eye on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, that was what stood out initially. Um, Baltazar, of course, super charming. And Denise was, you know, just fun to be around and everything. So I was like, okay, this tribe seems good. Like everybody seems strong. I think this will be a good tribe. Um, we'll see where it goes. All right, so we have our field day, and we talked about every single challenge on this thing, but was there any challenges <laughs> that stood out to you or ones that you thought you performed well in or anything that you want to talk about from field day? Um, I don't know that I have too many like individual highlights. Um, I remember from a team perspective, the first barrel challenge, of course, was – uh, a really big moment for Choppa. I think it got our momentum going in the right direction where mm-hmm. we felt like we were being cohesive, like we had a strategy. Um, I, it's kind of funny because I don't remember exactly who came up with a strategy to go in two waves and even listening to the podcast. I don't know if we can really attribute it to any one person. It definitely wasn't me. I'll say that. But um, and, and when it was first pitched, it was like, how is this going to work? Is this going to work? But, you know, I'm going along with it. Like, okay, it it makes sense. If we don't think that we can actually like fit everybody up here, then yeah, our only option is try to go in two waves. So Mm -hmm. let's commit to it and let's see where it goes. Um, And I really appreciated how we each kind of like had a specific role. And by the end of it, it just felt like, okay, like we know exactly how we're moving it. We know exactly what to watch out for, uh, where the board goes, where to stand, like where to hold on to each other. It felt like we just kind of like turned into a machine in some ways where it just kind of kept it moving. And um, so, yeah, I think just between like how well we worked together and the fact that we were able to have a strategy that worked, it, yeah. it really got us off to a good start where it's like, yes, like we're, we're doing this. It's in the rain and we're just, you know, spirits are high. Yeah. At least my spirits were high. I don't know. People were like, the rain is horrible and it's downpouring and slippery. And I was just like, I'm having a blast out here. Like, this Survivor, challenge is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that really was a good start to the, to the tribe. And I remember yeah. um, the four, uh, the four women. So me and Kaylee and Callie and Denise were the ones that hopped off first and we were on the other side and we're kind of like huddled together cause it's cold and we're just like jumping around, like mm-hmm. trying to be like the cheerleaders or whatever. And I remember feeling like, I like this vibe. Like this is, this is fun. Like we can get used to this. Yeah. So, um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I'm trying to think of the other challenges. So from there we did the, um, I think we did the rope untangling, mm-hmm. And the block the, puzzle challenge. The puzzle, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I was on the puzzle. Um, we've heard about the ropes team and how great they did uh, unwinding super fast. And then we got the block puzzle. And um, I think we came in second on the puzzle. So we weren't mm-hmm. the fastest, but we did finish it. Um, 
that puzzle was awesome. Like, I don't know <laughs> the, the craftsmanship that has to go into like creating three puzzles exactly the same like that with how like tight those like tolerances are is, is really remarkable. So yeah. um, I think that challenge or that tribe, that puzzle is unique because even if you know like what you're looking for and the strategy for it, like you understand that the smallest block has to go into the most um, shallow, like, slot the one that has the the insert coming up the highest Mm -hmm. even once you get that it's like and you start to kind of fill in and figure out what the height is even if you get them the exact right position it's like you have to put them in the right way too there were certain ones where i'm certain that we had them in the right spot but they were not physically going in because you had to like put them in a certain order as well and like yeah. really slam on them to get them down. And so they look like they're not right, but they are right. You just got to yeah. like finagle them more. Um, so I think that we solved it at least a couple of times before we realized like the last piece just wasn't fitting. And we had to actually take the second to last piece out and put that one in first before we could like actually slam it down. So ah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like that puzzle a lot because of how like particular you had to be with it where like there's little things about how you have to like get it in the right way as well, not mm-hmm. just figure out. Yeah. So that puzzle was fun. Um, I felt like between the two like sides of it, we both kind of like did our thing well within the two groups. Um, so that one was good. And then what happened after that? Uh, I think the next one was Connect Four. Connect four. <laughs> Love Connect uh, Four. Yeah, well, on Chapa we don't love Connect Four, so. <laughs> yeah. Adam Klein, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's screaming top of his lungs. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, we could we could see him from the background, and so we're like, well, I guess we're doing some shit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not going well. Um, yeah, I think that one was difficult. I know that I like me in particular, I definitely screwed up once or twice on that, and. I think it was tricky because I think that we like didn't have the right strategy right away. Like mm-hmm. listening to the other podcasts, I know that I think, I think it was a pony. Like they picked up pretty quickly that you have to go um, quickly and just put one on every time. And it yeah. wasn't until like our third wave, I think that we were like, all right, like screw the defense strategy. Like don't even take the decision out of it and just put one on every time and just go as fast as you can. Um of course, even when we did that, like there were boards falling off all over the place. So it's just, yeah, you yeah. know, nothing was going right on that challenge. But um, yeah, I think that we were so focused on like the defense at first that we just like didn't have the right focus. Um, and it, it's hard. Like I don't, it's a frustrating challenge because like from an audience perspective, you're like, just put it right there. What are you doing? Like it yeah. seems so obvious. But when you're like trying to go quickly and make a quick decision and you're trying to just get on and get back and like not screw up, you know, you're, you're focused on like what the other tribes are doing. And sometimes that can take away from like, what should I be doing in the moment? So yeah. 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 Yeah, Connect four. (laughs) Um, Um, Let's see what else. Yeah. Go for it. So we had the, um, I think we had the cart challenge and the diving. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I only want to bring this one up because I feel like, um, I feel like Baltazar was like dogging me a little bit on his podcast with the cart (laughs) where he was like, I don't know if she's given any effort. And I definitely was, I was pushing hard on this cart, but, um, that thing is really heavy. That thing is ridiculously heavy. And I remember they told us at the beginning of it that you can't turn the cart 
because yeah, the wheels will come off. Or, yeah, the, like, the yeah. wheels would fall off. So you couldn't even like get momentum going and just kind of swing it around. You had to physically stop it every time and then reposition it, you know, yeah. physically pull it up and move it over and pull it up and move it over and then start mm-hmm. pushing again. Um, so that was, that was really difficult. Um, I definitely tried, but you know, like I said, I wasn't a swimmer, so I was not going to volunteer for the swimming portion on that either, which was even harder, it seemed. Um, so yeah, that one wasn't the best for us. And by that point, I remember it was, uh, I think we might've been in last place at that point for points. And so it was starting to get like, Ooh, shit, like we're getting to, we got to start turning it up a little bit more. Um, but we turned it around. I think I don't remember when we had the um, we had the gross food challenge. Um, yeah, I think that was the next to last one. I'm probably skipping one, but um, I don't remember what the other ones were to be honest. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, we, yeah. we talked about them all, but um, that's cool. Obviously, the gross food stands out. So, how many plates did you eat? I did. Did I do two or three? I think I did two full ones, and I almost finished the third one um, by the time the end of it. I was, like, fighting to get that food in. Um, I was scared of the gross food challenge coming into it, but honestly, I could have eaten more of those for sure. Like, I was like, this yeah. is fine. Yeah, it's the proteins were fine. Yeah. yeah, it was protein for me. Yeah, I, I, it, I don't like eating challenges either, and they, they kind of scare me too. Like, I get mm-hmm. anxiety about it, but um, that one wasn't too bad. That wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, and I remember that the drink was horrendous. Um, I did not touch it during the challenge, but I tried it afterward because I don't know, for some reason I thought when he described it, I was like, oh, it's just like pickle juice and, you know, sparkling grape cider or whatever. I was like, yeah, sure. Give me a swig. That was ridiculous. Nah, nope, oh my God. It was insane. Oh, it was bad. My lips were on fire after I tried that sip. And I'm just like, I don't know how anybody was like chugging it in the middle of it like I remember I was next to I don't know if I was next to Kaylee or Callie but it just felt like they were like passing it back and forth like give me more of that like chugging it down and I'm like girl like how are you doing this (laughs) it was it was wild for sure all right so so the other thing with the gross food that was funny is um the the handlers are very particular that at least mine was I think it was it might have been Desiree or maybe Katie um, but I remember they were very particular, like every bit that like is on your chin, you have to like take it in. Yeah. And, and it, I had bits that fell on the floor at one point on the ground. And I was like, do I have to use my tongue? Like, can I use my hands? And they were like, you can use your hands. It's fine. Just make sure that you eat it all. And so I'm like, oh all right, like, let's pick it up from the ground and eat it. <laughs> got them real ground worms. Ugh. Yeah. Really yeah. Gross. Extra, extra ground with the ground worm. <laughs> uh, no wonder they were earthy. exactly so yeah they're they're very particular you gotta make sure you get every single bit down and i'm i'm like a messy eater so i'm sure it was like all over my face it was not pretty (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right so um you guys end up getting second overall in the um in field day which keeps gives you immunity which is nice yes what's um let's just touch on your uh skill level with darts Low darts. Do you have oh, any? I didn't know that I had any, but I apparently I do. I don't know. I, I got the apples uh, for the tribe, so that felt nice. good. good yeah. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Every one of us hit somehow. Um, I think it was Kaylee um, that said that she, you know, had done that growing up as a kid and, and she, you know, told us, oh, blow in really big and just blow out really hard. Um, 
So yeah, I was nervous going up because like I get a little bit of performance anxiety sometimes when the spotlight's on me, and so I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to screw this up, you know. And uh, the gun, of course, it like it didn't like I think I went up there and it didn't load correctly, like you couldn't yeah. feel it in the bottom, and you had to like slam on it. And at one point, John was like, "Just use the other one." I was like, "All right, cool. Like, hope I can use this one correctly." But uh, but yeah, it worked out. I got the apples. Um, nice. So aside from the uh, gross food eating challenge, uh, the apples were like the only thing that we ate the next day, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, good for you. Cool. You provided for your for your tribe. Well done. Look at that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, did anything stand out before we move on to the gone fishing challenge? Did anything stand out to you during that day um, strategy-wise, discussion-wise with the tribe? Um. Or are you still kumbaya, like everybody together type deal? Yeah, I think it was mostly kumbaya. I remember it was hard because we didn't really get any one-on-one time or anything um, mm-hmm. during the 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 time in between. And especially when you're all in the holding area, it's like, well, we have our little tribe area. You have your little tribe area. Like, there's yeah. not really anywhere to go. I do remember there was a little bit of discussion um, with Mike, I remember there was um, some conversation about like when we were uh, getting towards the bottom where it was like, maybe if we could work with yellow, uh, we could just be like, hey, like just let us come in second or whatever. And like, we'll push a pony down. Like he was trying to figure out a way that we could be one and two. And um, I don't know, it, it was interesting because you could see kind of the dynamic where he was trying to work with the other tribe and uh and he'd come back and say things like oh like i think they want to work with us like i think we'd be good and i'm kind of looking around like i don't know if this is a good idea for us to be like <laughs> strategizing with another tribe yeah. and uh potentially if we were to like team up against the other one like i don't think that's a really good spot that you want to be in with Mm-mm. the third tribe that you're ganging up on quote unquote so um yeah, that was interesting to see how that was unfolding. And now that I know that he like had a connection with Cam and stuff, it's like, oh, maybe that's where that came from. But um, probably, but I yeah, don't remember him asking any of us that, so he probably went to Cam, and Cam was like, yeah, maybe sure, man, whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of that going on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember any other strategy talk. I remember just in general, like trying to just kind of get to know each other. Yeah. Um, I definitely felt like it was hard to uh, just in general on survival challenge, like it's hard to get one-on-one time. And the big tribes I think were a challenge for me because I kept like wanting to have an opportunity to get to know people one-on-one. But right. if you're waiting around for that time, like sometimes it just might not happen. So um, the biggest thing that one of the things that I wish I would have done was figure out how I could like stand out a little bit more in the group and take a little bit more risks in order to like build those relationships. Like don't be afraid to, start conversations with somebody in front of somebody else even you know like it's okay if somebody sees that if you're just talking socially kind of because you're not trying Um, to hide anything or you're not it's not threatening or yeah yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. so um so i think there were definitely people that did that like better than i did and uh whereas i was like wanting to get one-on-one time and sometimes like those opportunities just didn't really come so i think i did it too much though yeah. Because <laughs> Green was yeah. like, uh-uh, you can't talk to Missy. What's the matter with you? Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, that's what happens, I guess. It, it, it's mm-hmm. like, it depends on who your tribe is, too. You know, like, you, you have to be able to read your tribe. Like, obviously, the Green was a little intimidated by that, by Missy and I and our vibe. Um, yeah. 
and just instead of asking me, assume that I was going to flip, and then that's why that extra vote thing happened. So it depends on who's on your tribe. Like, yeah, that's why you got to be careful. Like, you just you never ever know what actions are going to be perceived what way. It's crazy. It's so crazy. totally yeah. Um. All right. So that so that was uh, field day, and then we moved to gone fishing. So gone fishing. Gone fishing was fun. You, I think for you guys, it was Isaiah Javin and Kaylee first. Is that right? Um. Yes, that's correct. So Mike was the one that got the clue because oh, he of screamed the... it in the forest, like, "Oh my God, Isaiah, come here!" Yeah, yeah okay. he's like, "Isaiah Javin, come here!" And I was like, yeah. "Okay, Isaiah and Javin are coming." And then later he was like, "Kaylee, come over." And I was like, okay. Um, so then it was me and Baltazar and Denise back there. And um, I don't remember us having a thing, but I guess Baltazar said, like, you know, we're the leftovers or whatever. Um, it came yeah. up a couple times that, like, me and yeah. Baltazar and Denise were kind of in a three. Um, so it wouldn't have surprised me that we did talk about it there. But I don't think that was, like, the time. Mm-hmm. There were more times than that. Um, but yeah, so Mike called them out and the interesting that happened after that is, uh, Mike came over to camp and he kind of like whispered to me, like in full view of everybody else, he was like, I didn't want to just pull you over because I didn't want it to just be a blue thing. So I had to pull Kaylee so that there was one person from yellow. And I was like, first of all, like the whispering in front of other people, I'm like, this looks sketch. I don't like this. Um, And so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's fine, Mike. It's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so like, as soon as I was with a group with Baltazar, um, because he was there and he saw the whole thing and, or I'm sure that he did. um, So when we were running, I think the first group that I was with after we switched off was Baltazar and Callie. And as soon as I got them, I'm like, Hey, like, this just happened like Mike kind of made a thing of like I don't want it to seem like it was just a blue thing or like we're blue strong or whatever this is what happened um so any chance that I could like my strategy on Chapa was uh being a team player and taking every opportunity to make it like not a blue versus yellow thing but being like for the tribe Chapa strong whatever like I don't see it as just blue versus yellow and so I wanted to make that as clear as I could that like I'm not just with blue strong. And uh, that was a way that I was trying to open the door as well of like for future strategy talk of like, Hey, I'm trying to be transparent, transparent about this in hopes that we could kind of have an open conversation about that. Um, But yeah, that was, it kind of put me off a little bit because um, between that and kind of the open, like I'm going to talk to this other tribe and, and see what they say. At this point, I was like, I don't, I don't know about uh, about Mike and kind of the vibe that he has. Like, it's a very different way of operating than the way that I am operating. Um, and and it, it kind of stinks because it's like, well, you want to be able to be blue strong if you can. But I'm seeing more areas where I'm like, I'm not sure if this is is working out from from like a social perspective. It just seemed like a little bit. Um, a little bit of a loose cannon that I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this. Like Mike's just going to go off and kind of do his thing yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to keep that in the back of my mind. Um, but uh, at, at this point too, like there was sort of an openness where it seemed like the six of us were kind of getting along a bit where uh, Mike was like somewhat on the outside of blue and like Denise was a little bit on the outside of yellow. And so the other six of us that are like doing the going fishing thing, um, we're starting to come together. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're starting to talk about, you know, who's going to go first potentially if we were going to tribal council and stuff. And so that's kind of my way of trying to like lay stuff on the table as well. Of like, Hey, like this is happening. Um, and yeah. trying to be open about that. So, um, so that happened. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. So I was running back and forth, you know, my, my feet are like falling off at this point. Like my shoes were not super comfortable. Um, it's a long day. And then mm-hmm. on top of all that, we got to keep running back and forth. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm built for this, yeah. but, um, but I definitely wanted to be a team player and contribute and everything. So, um, so I tried to put in as much as I could. Um, I remember at the beginning of the gone fishing challenge, I, th- I think that Mike had said, oh, we only have like a half hour to get this done. And so we're like trying to book it as fast as we can at the beginning. And then I remember one of the times that I came back, they were like, you have an hour and a half. And I was like, what? An hour and a half? Like, when did that change? I I don't know. It was a little bit confusing um, between like the time thing and then also this jacket thing that I've heard you guys talk about where you could squeeze. Like, I didn't know anything about... uh, I didn't either uh, until later. About that, that either. Yeah. There was a penalty. Like if you just if you didn't do it the right way, you you incurred a penalty or whatever. And I was like, okay. yeah. Like if you I use don't know any, if you use anything else, you would have got like a fifteen minute penalty. And I, and I, and Jordan didn't tell us that because I would have just filled my blanket up with water and done it. And yeah. Run and taken the damn fifteen minute penalty and been done with it. But um. Yeah, that makes sense. She didn't. She didn't share that information because I don't think she wanted an idol in our camp. But um. But you guys got it, so we did. Isaiah got yeah. it. So what what did you think about Isaiah having it? I know it was public. Yeah, well, that was um, that was what made, what made it interesting. And I remember when he announced that in the beginning of the day. Um, it, at first, it was like, well, do we really need to be announcing this? Like, are you sure that they saw it? Because he kind of like jumped into it, like, well, I know you guys saw it, so here it is. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure about that initially, but. At the same time, I'm like, well, I'm glad that he has it because I felt closest with him at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt good with Javin too, but if I were to choose like my number one at that point, it would have been Isaiah. So, um, so I was good because I'm like, well, I don't really want to have an idol at this point. Like, I wouldn't have minded it, but if it's public, no, definitely not. Yeah. Um, but to have my ally have it, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, and then when it landed, um, when it landed with him at the end, and they and they kind of gave it to him despite uh, them going without him, and he was back at camp. It's like, great, like yeah, go ahead and give it over. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. Um, okay. Yeah, and I know it kind of came up later where, you know, they were maybe wanting to to target him for it, or if if we had gone to more tribal councils, it might have put me in danger because. Uh, they might have voted me out instead of instead of him because he had an idol or, you know, it might have bounced back on me. But yeah. at the time it was like, well, my ally has it. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, you guys pretty much ran the table in um, in in day three. Um, Jacob went home the night before. We vote Missy out. Yeah. And lo- then Lauren goes. And then we finally get to the challenge that you guys have to go to tribal, your first tribal. And that's not until the fourth challenge in. And that mm-hmm. was the, the log challenge, right? Pull the log, the one that I hate. <laughs> yes, the pull a log challenge. That was the, um, there was only one winner and you guys pulled it out. Yeah. And it was a double yeah. elimination. Yeah. And we were right behind you too. So close. Seconds. <laughs> well, very, you, were way, very, very you were way ahead in the swimming part, but. 
Yeah. Uh, Alex, Alex's puzzle skills were, were sharp. Yeah. He, Uh, he knew exactly how to put that together for sure. More power to him. (laughs) So once you guys lost, did did you guys already kind of know it was going to be Mike? Um, I know I talked to Isaiah and Javin about this, but had you guys all, you guys all voted for Mike, I think, right? Yeah. He got, yeah, it was unanimous. Um, for me, that was definitely, um, the more clear person, because of his production experience and because of the connections that he seemed to have. I remember like, um, I don't remember when this came out. It might've been from the very beginning. It seemed like he was talking with Missy and she was like, Oh, good to see you again. Like it was very clear that he kind of knew um, the survivors and had met them. Um, Of course he'd been open that he had gone to almost every, you know, all these different parties and had met 300 something survivors and, and all this stuff. So it was very clear that like he had relationships um, and um, and that he was kind of going off and, and doing things that kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable. And I also just didn't feel, I didn't know where I stood with Mike because we didn't really get all that much one-on-one time. I felt like he was probably being true that he wanted to stick with blue, but I just didn't know that for sure because of the way that he was so openly uh, being like, Oh, like I'll go to rocks for you guys. And meanwhile, I'm sitting over here like, would you really, you know, cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going to rocks, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was a little bit skeptical and um, I don't know. It, it's always scary when there is a chance that that could have backfired on blue and that yellow could have just gone strong and, and vote us out, all out after that. But I felt from a social perspective that kind of made the most sense for me and the vibe of the tribe. Um, and I felt like, I had a little bit more time with Denise during the day as well, where I started to feel pretty good with, with her. So it made more sense for me to keep her because she was telling um, me and Baltazar that she felt pretty good with us in particular. Um, we didn't even talk about like the sleeping arrangement and, and all that stuff from the night before. Cause you've talked about that a lot on other podcasts, but. Well, um, nobody seems to know from, <laughs> do, you, do you remember it being a thing or like lining um, up the way the tribe looked to be um, leaning like as far as alliances or no? Cause nobody else think, really paid attention. I don't think. I think it's, I think it's interesting, right? So on the end there was Mike and then it was Javin and then it was Isaiah. So it's like you had three blue. Um, and then I think it was Kaylee and then Callie um, and then myself and then Denise and Baltazar. And so on one hand, um, if you look at it, it's like, well, Kaylee and Callie, I already kind of perceive them as tight. So I'm like, well, of course they're going to sleep together. Uh-huh. Um, Denise and Baltazar, I was like, well, that kind of makes sense as well. Um, Mike and Javin and Isaiah together, like that kind of made sense to me as well. And so I, I think you can sort of glean some things from that, but it's also like it's not the full picture. Because Kaylee and Callie, obviously they were close, but when you hear back from their, how they actually were feeling, it's like, well, Kaylee's number one was Baltazar and vice versa. And Baltazar was close with Denise, but he was closer with, um, you know, Kaylee and and Callie and Javin. So um, I think you can kind of get some things from that. And at the, at the end of the day, it's like, well, perception is reality. Yeah. And if people are perceiving those groups to be close, then eventually that can become its own thing where you might be targeted for that. If that is kind of the perception. Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, it doesn't always mean everything. At least for me, I was being very conscious about like, I'm not going to sleep next to Isaiah. Like even the night, night one, when I felt like I feel pretty good with the vibe from Isaiah, I'm not going to sleep next to him. Like yeah. I'm not going to do that. Um, and so I was like purposely trying to distance myself from him in the sleeping arrangement. And I was trying to get myself in with people who I wanted to get to know better. Um, I wanted to get to know like Kaylee and Callie better. Um, I felt pretty comfortable like sleeping with women anyways. So um, that was why I positioned myself where I did. Okay. But I mean, um, that makes yeah, sense. so I think you can like kind of learn some things, but it's not the full picture. At the same time, I do think it can be significant. That was the third step of your pyramid to always have a plan. <laughs> no, actually, I haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you probably used it again. I did not even think about it or care to think about it. I, like I said, the game pretty much. Yeah. I was just there to have a good time and didn't play. I was trying to play, but just you guys, <laughs> you guys were playing, and I was just not. Oh um, please! You were playing. <laughs> you were playing still. You were. Uh, you were ooh. charming people left and right. <laughs> well, um. So okay, so. Mike goes home, and then you guys have a string of victories again because Chavo is strong. Chavo, yep, um, yep. And then we get to the pre-vote, and um, you guys all vote for Denise. Yes. Is was that? And then she tried to throw the challenge and knowing that you guys voted for her, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I asked her about it. And she was like, I was just trying to have fun, man. I'm like, yeah. Like <laughs> what, so what, what do you think? I didn't think? understand I mean, it either. <laughs> you've heard, you've heard a bunch of people from Chapa talk about the pre-vote and the Denise pre-vote. What was your thoughts on that? Was that, was that a um, unanimous vote pre-vote? Uh, yes, it was a unanimous vote. Well, I think before we get to that, um, we need to talk a little bit about the dynamics a little bit more because things are starting to, I don't, I don't want to say they were blowing up a bit, but it was, it was getting interesting in a lot of ways. Um, so right, before we get to that, yeah, before we get to that, um, I remember, so I went to sleep the night before and I was trying to think about where I stood with each person in the tribe. And I was like, okay, like, what's my plan for tomorrow? Who do I need to get closer with? And at that point I was like, I'm pretty sure Baltazar has me at the bottom of his list. I need to remedy that situation and get closer with him. Um, and then at the same time, I was like, I don't know exactly where I stand with Kaylee and Callie, but I could be at the bottom of their list too. And so I need to get an option with Kaylee and Callie again, because I'm seeing them as pretty close. I think there could be a natural, maybe women's thing that I could try to, to leverage to give it an option with them. And then at the same time, I want to try to get in closer with Baltazar um, because I think that he could be somebody that I could get along with pretty well. And I remember that there was one point on that first day where Isaiah had kind of talked to me and he said, like, has Baltazar talked to you yet? Because we've talked a little bit. And I was like, no, he hasn't. And he's like, OK, I think you should talk to him. And I was like, OK, <laughs> first of all, a little bit concerning that Baltazar like hadn't talked to me yet, even though he was talking to Isaiah. But also um, that it seems like that could be a connection that if I want to continue working with Isaiah, like that could be somebody that maybe we could try to pull over. So I need to get closer with yeah. Baltazar and see where that goes. Um, and so that night, I remember that 
uh, it was raining and Baltazar was on the end and he was sitting up and he kind of had a moment where uh, I think he was, he was struggling a little bit. And I kind of like reached over and rubbed his back a little bit. And in the morning um, he kind of asked me, he was like, Hey, like, were you the one that was rubbing my back? And I was like, yeah, that was me. He's like, I really appreciated that. I was having a rough time. And I just really appreciated that you were there and that felt pretty good. And I was like, okay. And then we started talking a little bit more and it started opening up a little bit more. And I quickly went from like, I don't know where I stand with Baltazar to like, I feel very comfortable with him. And he was like very quickly, like moving high up to my list. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first moment. And then there were moments with Denise where you know, we kind of were seeing ourselves in this three situation a little bit um, where I feel like, okay, maybe this could be an option. Um, And then there was a moment um, when we were coming back from the mic vote. I think it was when we were coming back from the mic vote where me and Baltazar and Denise were kind of walking back behind the group and the other four, Javan, Kaylee, um, Callie, and Isaiah were walking up a little bit. And I see Kaylee kind of turned to Isaiah and she kind of like whispers to him and me and Baltazar immediately looked at each other and we were like what the hell was that like we both kind of shared a look of what what is going on there and knowing now what the situation was where like Baltazar saw Isaiah or Baltazar saw Kaylee as his number one and like I was seeing Isaiah as my number one it was kind of this maybe shared moment of paranoia where we're both like our number ones are maybe doing something without us uh, what's going on here? And we yeah. kind of both were like, that was weird. Should we ask him about it? And he was like, yeah, I'll talk to Kaylee. And I was like, yeah, I'll talk to Isaiah and figure out what's going on there. Um, and so between that and kind of this initial connection that I had with Baltazar, I felt like we were um, connecting pretty well, like an intuitive kind of way where I felt very comfortable with him. And I felt like we were having a similar outlook on the game. And, um, and we kind of were feeling like maybe there's something going on without us. Like that moment was a little bit like, maybe there's something else going on that we're not, um, being included into. So that kind of shared paranoia was like, Hmm, I feel like this is bringing us together a little bit more too. Um, I don't think anything really came out of that specific moment, but we both kind of went and like came back and it was like, yeah, they're both saying it was nothing. So I don't know, I guess we'll keep an eye on it. Um, but that was kind of bringing us together. Or at least I felt like it was kind of bringing us together. So, and then the other thing that happened was my, uh, my plan to try to get something with Kaylee and Callie. So I had pitched to Kaylee and Callie that morning at some point, like, Hey, when we get down to six, I think it would be really important for us to try to look out for each other because I can see how athletic these guys are. I can see they're kind of getting along socially really well. Um, Javin and Baltazar were getting along really well. Baltazar and Isaiah were getting along really well. It seemed to be a pretty natural connection. And so I was like, you know, we probably should try to look out for this because they might just want to stick together and we need to be equally strong. And I kind of planted that seed. They didn't really say anything in the moment, um, but I just wanted to kind of plant that and kind of see where it went. And then later on, um, with the teeter-totter challenge that I was sitting out on, I was on the mat with Denise. And Denise turned to me and she said like, hey, have these girls talked to you about a women's thing? And I was like, what? I, I was very confused in the moment because when I brought it up, um, I didn't mention anything about Denise because we kind of had formed this loose six group 
um, where all of the talk was, we don't really know what's going to happen at six. And I was trying to start some of those conversations a little bit. Um, and so that was my intention of bringing it up was like, Hey, if we get to six, like I'd, I'd like us to look out for each other. So when I'm hearing that from Denise and they hadn't said anything about like, yeah, but maybe we should bring in Denise and do something earlier. Um, I immediately was thinking like, okay, this is not a real thing. Like this is a fake plan that they had brought to Denise. Um, but I was also just a bit confused about it because um, she was saying like, well, they threw out Baltazar and Isaiah's name. And I was like, what? Like, what? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> so between that kind of getting thrown out and, and also the, the conversation with um, Kaylee and Callie going off in the woods, right? So yeah. Kaylee and Callie go off in the woods around like lunchtime where we had extra time at camp and they were talking for like 10, 15 minutes, a long conversation. You got into it in Kaylee's podcast. It's in full view, everybody. Like we're all seeing this. Um, at that point, um, I had viewed Kaylee and Callie as pretty close. And as much as I was like trying to um, talk with them and try to get something going, I still wasn't really feeling like it was being reciprocated all that much. Um, I felt like in our conversations, I was trying to uh, give information about kind of where I stood, you know, with Mike, with Denise, with all these different things. Um, but I didn't feel like I was getting too much back. Um, and so I just never really knew like where I stood with them yeah. at the same time. Like I didn't want them to be looking at me. So I was trying to like pitch this idea of like, maybe we could work together. Mm-hmm. But then when they're going off and having this conversation in full view of the camp by themselves, I'm like, okay, this duo is really tight and I know they're not giving me too much, but they sure as hell are like, talking all the time together and this is starting to be like a little bit concerning and so we're back at camp and it was me and Javin and Baltazar and I think Denise came back later and that conversation was going on for long enough that the rest of us were talking like hey are you guys seeing this like what do we do like we need to split this up like who's more threatening Kaylee or Callie like well Kaylee's more social but Callie is really strategic at times and she can be very direct and that can be threatening too like we were literally going down and saying all these different things about you know pro Kaylee pro Callie pro pro this pro that it was a long time <laughs> it was it was a long time yeah. and um so there's all this kind of stuff going on where we do have this six and the initial plan was Denise but there's still there's questions in my mind about where I stand with that six because I don't know what would happen if we got to that six. Um, and at the same time, I feel like I could be somebody who could benefit from having Denise in the game because she views me and Baltazar as being some of her closer people. And that could have been an option for me. So I'm having a couple of questions about should I keep Denise um and if i do what would be the plan and who would we go for um but ultimately with the pre-vote um when it came down to the pre-vote it it was like well it's too much time or it's it's too short of time to try to get something else going and the fact that it was going to be exposed if i were to try to swing something else um, it could very easily just bounce back on me (laughs) Yeah. yeah uh in the moment because everything was blowing up Um, so when that happened, and the other thing is that you have to consider with survivor is when is the swap coming? (laughs) And we had been winning so much that I think I got to a point on Choppa where 
you can no longer just assume that we're not going to swap. You have to guess that there's going to be a swap coming at some point. And I was yeah. guessing that it was going to be pretty soon. Um, just based off of how the last couple seasons have gone, where season seven, there was no swap. Season eight, there was a ton of swaps. And so season nine, I'm like, there's probably going to be like somewhat of a return to normal in terms of the swap structure. There might be some interesting things going on. And we saw that with this like pre-swap kind of, um, or the, the first option to swap, right? Where yeah. we got to choose if we were to swap or not and however that would have gone. No one would ever do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody would ever do that. <laughs> never, never. I'm like, what? Like, why is this a thing? Like, no one yeah. would do this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know under what consent. You'd have to be very desperate, right, to to do that because oh, yeah. you're burning bridges with both your original tribe and probably in a yeah. bad spot on your yeah. new tribe too. Um, but so I, I'm guessing there's a swap coming, and I think it's going to be soon. And at some point, I think that you do have to play the odds a little bit and try to preserve relationships for a swap. And um, seeing where Chapa was and sticking with the sixth plan and getting rid of Denise, it was. I think it made the most sense if you anticipate there's a swap coming because yeah. if I were to try to flip something around and I still survive, what happens with, with my relationship with, with Callie, if she's still in the game on, on a pony, but now we've been going at each other or like trying to do something, right. you know, like it, it just, it kind of makes things um, messy. Just, yeah, it just makes a lot more messy. So, yeah. um, so I was trying to play the odds and trying to play nice a little bit, even though I, I wasn't quite sure if getting rid of Denise was the optimal plan for Choppa in its current state. I did think it made the most sense um, for me for the rest of my relationships moving forward. Well, it worked because the swap did come. You guys it voted did. for Denise. She couldn't throw it, it because my team was way better at throwing it. <laughs> and Yeah, Cole, Cole I don't love home. the... I don't love the pre-swap thing for exactly that reason, because I just wonder what would have happened if all three tribes were to throw the challenge and were left in a situation where nobody wants to win because we're yeah. all trying to, you know, like it could have gotten yeah. really, uh, and that's really one messy. you could, that's one that you could actually throw forever because you just drop the ball. You keep dropping the ball. Like you could literally, right. that challenge yeah. could last forever. It really um, could. It really could. All right. So, um, uh, yeah. Denise doesn't go home. Culper goes home and we have a swap. And let's see, you end up on a pony with Callie, right? Molly, Cam, Jordan? Yes, that is Callie, correct. Callie, Molly, Cam, Jordan, Julie. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. What are your first thoughts about you've got one a pony? Two Choppa and two um, Bozo. Two Bozo, yes. Thoughts? Well, first thoughts is, um, we haven't even talked about it here, but Molly and I had a pre-existing relationship a little bit. Um, mm. So I was ecstatic to see that we landed on a pony together because I was a really little bit hoping. You guys go on hikes every weekend? Like ah, That was after the game, Jason. <laughs> Just like <laughs> all right you had a little bit of a pre-existing relationship and now you guys are on the yes. team. that's cool yes we had played one game together in 2020 or so um and we we did work together we worked pretty well together um mm. we were both kind of like familiar with each other and kind of felt like well we're both like logical women you know with background in engineering and stem so like 
I remember seeing her and I thought like, man, it would be awesome to, to get on a tribe with her. Mostly yeah. because like, I want to play with people that I want to like get to know better as people because yeah. I've experienced a lot of the benefits of having these long lasting friendships from some of these games. And it just, it makes it more natural and it makes it more fulfilling for me where that is a big reason why I play these games is to, to have those depths of social relationships. So, yeah. um, so I was just really excited to see her just to like spend more time with her and get to know her better. And, um, uh, and yeah, and just because I, I felt like we could work well together. So, mm-hmm. um, that was awesome. We had a really fun moment where, um, Molly and Callie and myself had gone to the bathroom at night and, Callie, this was just before sundown, and Callie had went into the porter potty, and the cameras were still on at this point. And Molly and I just turned to each other. It was like, "Oh my God! Like you're here!" <laughs> like we gave each other a hug, and Aww. she's like, am, "Am I taller than you remember? Than you thought I would be?" And I was like, "Yeah, you definitely are." <laughs> she's like, "I get that a lot." <laughs> um, but it, it was fun because I remember I had seen her earlier on, of course, and I didn't know if she would recognize me at at first, right? Because um she'd only seen me online and you know your face out in the wilderness of of macomb is a little bit different looking than online and i'm like it's been a couple years like i don't know if she remembers me and um and i remember we had our group picture at one point on on one of the days and this was my chance i'm like okay molly's here like let me let me say hi and i kind of like fake introduced myself like hi i'm I'm julie and she kind of hesitated a little bit and she was like hi like and but she went she went along with it but it was enough for me to be like okay like she knows me like she recognizes me yeah yeah (laughs) she kind of gave me like a look and it was like yes okay this is this is good (laughs) i love that Um, for you guys i love that yeah yeah it was the survivor gods uh bestowed it upon you I know. And it was only like a, cause I, I did the odds. Cause I'm like, what were the odds of this happening? It was like a nine and a half percent chance that we were land on a pony together. So only nine and a half percent chance, but it was on our side. Always, <laughs> always with the math. Always. With the math. So I enjoy our math. Yeah. All right. So you, you're on the new tribe. You know that Cam just screwed over Jordan. Probably. You probably knew that that had happened or maybe you didn't. I don't well, know. I mean, we we know that something happened, right? I didn't know enough about the dynamic to know if they were close or if they were not. Um, and so I was trying to see if we could figure out, like, are they working together? Or are they not? Yeah. Um, we your assume. First, your first yeah. thing was probably like, I'm going to bring in Callie and then grab Molly and it's three to two, right? Like, that's probably your first inclination. That's my plan A. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I, I did have a relationship with Callie. Um, even though I wasn't sure where I stood with her, um, I did enjoy Callie out there. And I'm like, okay, like this is a chance for us to establish something kind of yeah. away from the regular chapa d- dynamics. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm thinking, okay, I could, I could work with Callie, try to bring in Molly and maybe we go after Cam question mark. I don't know. Yeah. At that point I didn't have like a clear preference between Jordan and Cam. Um, I did enjoy, you know, the discussions, like we had four women on our tribe and I was like, all right, like I could, I could see a women's thing coming along. Like maybe we could pull in Jordan. Um, and Cam was maybe a little bit more quieter than the others. And so I was like, well, I mean, maybe, maybe we target Cam, but at, at that point, like, yeah, I was open to whatever dynamic would, would get me off of that tribe because I'm seeing the numbers. I can see that blue is in minority and I'm guessing that it's probably going to be either me or Callie going home first if we were to go. 
And I'm not super sure about our challenge strength just because of the gender thing and, and just not show, knowing how things would end up. I mean, we do have strong people, right? But it's just, it is a little bit of a concern when, you know, I had watched season eight and there was a swap tribe that was almost entirely women. And then they did the challenge where they have to lug these heavy logs back and forth. And we're like, what if there's something like that? And, yeah, yeah. you know, so, um, so you but just you don't know how that would you didn't have out. that yeah. problem, did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Which the, sure new it. the new pony was undefeated. Yeah, undefeated, hell yeah, we were. Which is yeah. amazing. So amazing. You, did, you didn't have a lot of time. Um, well, you had the evening to kind of get to know each other. But from what I heard, yeah. it was just kind of like hanging out, kumbaya type. Nobody talked strategy, right? Like you guys just kinda... no strategy. Yes, the only time that we had groups of any kind was the one that I mentioned, where it was just the three of us that went yeah. to the water well. Me and me and Molly and Callie. And at that point, like um, Callie and I had tried to, you know, pitch to Molly of like, hey, like you know, maybe we could work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this world, whatever. And um, I think she was pretty noncommittal at the time. Um, I remember in her podcast, she was like, I think she said that she was like, well, that's not going to happen or something. Like she seemed like it was, it was pretty direct. I don't remember feeling like it was a hard no, but I do remember it being like a, well, you know, we'll kind of see how this goes. But um, she was trying to, you know, raise that, you know, Chapas have a lot of numbers and that could be a concern and she wants to do what's best for her and all that kind of stuff. So um so it it very quickly shifted to me that night of I don't know if this plan A with Callie and Molly is going to work out and so I need to be able to shift into something else uh tomorrow morning if I need to to just preserve myself and maybe softly throw Callie under the bus if I need to you know yeah. um yeah. I wasn't going to do anything hard or anything but just to, you know, have more conversations and to be like, hey, like, I just don't want it to be me. And so let's just try to make it Cali if it has to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in the morning, I was um, I was trying to have more conversations with Jordan and Cam. I remember I had a pretty good conversation with Jordan when we were walking into the challenge in the morning. And uh, we were talking about like powerlifting and I was admiring like how strong she's been in challenges and that kind of stuff. And Um, and I was just trying to be like, Hey, like, I just would really appreciate it. If it's not me, like, I understand if it's going to be blue, like I'm okay. I just like, please just, you know, let me know if it's me or just whatever I could do to make it not me. I'm open and I want to work with you kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I was trying to have those kind of conversations and, and I had kind of gotten an inkling from Molly and, and Jordan a little bit in that conversation that she was like, well, if we do go, I don't think it's going to be you. And so I was like, okay. That sounds good. Um, and so I was starting to feel like it seems like it's maybe on Callie instead of me. And and Molly was telling me, like, I'm, I'm not voting for you whatsoever. Um, but at the same time, I'm going, well, if we get down to four, uh, what's going to happen there? <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to be like, hey, Molly, like, what's what's going to happen there? Yeah, because it could be two, two. And, you know, we didn't really get to that point of like, well, I don't know, but I'll have, you know, she, she wanted to keep me. I, I felt that she wanted to keep me, but there wasn't a clear plan of what to do then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it was a little bit dicey, but I guess it right. never really got to that point. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. I go home first. Oh, yeah. There, there's an important thing that kind of involves you here All that right. happened on a pony. Um, so... The next morning, that morning, um, 
I don't know when I got to talk to Isaiah, but there was a point where Isaiah had said, don't trust Callie. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, don't trust Callie. Why? <laughs> like I already, I, yeah, I kind elaborate, of sir. don't really, you know, it's, it's a little bit like, I don't really know if I trust her, but, but why do you think I shouldn't trust her? And he said that Jason told you, Jason told Isaiah that Callie had an idol. And I was like, what, how, like, h- how would Jason know that Callie has an idol? And so it didn't make sense to me, but again, I trust Isaiah. And so I'm like, okay, what is a scenario where that could happen? And I landed on the idea that she must have told Jordan and Cam that she had an idol in order to get them to vote for me instead. And so in my head, I'm like, Callie is playing me. Like she's trying to throw me under the bus. Cause I didn't think that she had an idol. I didn't know how she could get one because I knew that Isaiah had one. And I just didn't think there would be that many idols in the game where she would have gotten one. And so I'm thinking she's lying about this idol to try to get them to vote for me instead of her. Um, so I'm panicking a little bit that I'm like, ah, she's playing me. This is not good. And um, it was just another thing that made me feel like, I couldn't trust her um, and was questioning, you know, uh, what, how, how, how are we working together if, if this is still coming up? Um, But of course I found out later that that's a lie. And that was just what he had said because he had told you that Callie, Callie or Kaylee had an idol because he didn't want to say that he had the idol. Right. So you knew that Isaiah had the idol. Did he say it in I, front of, did he say it in front of me? Like I, I'm why would he even tell you that unless it was in front of me to like get me off his scent? You know what I'm saying? Like you knew he had an idol. So it's not like he was like that's just such a weird No, like, I knew that he had an idol, of course, but he was yeah. saying that Callie was saying that to that you had said that Callie was saying that. And so in my head I'm like Callie is 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 spreading this round because she's trying to No, get but me what out. I'm saying is like why would he say that to you? Because he oh. didn't want me to trust Callie for whatever reason. Oh, so he, he was, was he was trying it. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to yeah, he was trying to get Callie out or somehow influence, you know, us yeah. to 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 fracture that a little bit more. Um, Smooth. So he's, yeah, he's, he's good that Isaiah, isn't he? <laughs> right. Like that was another thing that I'm like, damn, like he just worked that in there like so effortlessly. And I was like, that's because right, I like... got his ass. That's because I got his ass <laughs> on the walk and he got real nervous. And I was like, oh, yeah. you're lying to me. You got it. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So so that came up later again when um when Callie was, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when Callie was on the block for um the merge and her name was coming up and mm-hmm. Um, and I asked her, like, did you did you say that you had an idol at any point? Because people are saying that you were saying this. And and she was like, no, like, why would I say that? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and of course, she was telling the truth. But yeah, I yeah. had already convinced myself like that, that that's what had happened, that she was saying yeah. that. And so I'm like, she's lying to me. Like, <laughs> um, so were you tr- that were was you trusting your gut, Julie. Were you trusting your gut? Um. Yeah, at that point, I was trusting my gut that she was lying to me. My gut was just wrong, though. (laughs) But Isaiah influenced your gut, and then you trusted your gut. Yeah, Isaiah definitely influenced the gut. So anyways, um, shout out to Callie. I really wish that we could have uh, gotten to work together a little bit more closely because that was a big, like, what could have happened where we both, after the fact, were like, I didn't trust you. Why didn't we trust each other? (laughs) Yeah, we should have just talked about these things. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so I go home. Uh, Denise goes, Kaylee and Javin go next. You guys are still yes. 
killing it. And then you guys emerged. Congratulations for making the merge. Thank you. Thank you. Very proud, <laughs> very proud of you. You did well. You, thank uh, you. Thank you. It's not an easy thing to do. And um, you should you should be proud of yourself. So we get to the merge. It's amazing. You guys have a merge feast, right? We do have a merge feast for sure. Uh, yummy cool, tacos. Anything cool happen um, um, during the merge feast? What cool thing happened during the merge feast? I mean, there was that weird clue thing that happened. Um, yeah, were that you I'd... involved there? Did you like... I don't remember the details of how that even came out, but I remember at one point production was like, oh, there's something hiding somewhere. Go look, you know, essentially that. And so we're kind of like, well, do we go look? I don't yeah. know if we should. And um, I didn't really want to look, but I remember, um, I think there was something that came out with, with Matthew a little bit. Like I, no, I was Alex. definitely watching. Oh yeah. What was it? What did Alex, Al- say? Alex said that he, he's like, should we look like he kind of asked. Mm. Um, and then people were like, oh, he shouldn't have said that because uh, he's shady. And he was just asking the group or whatever. But I think okay, Isaiah was yeah. like, once he asked that, I knew Alex was t- was trouble. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, he just asked if y'all should look. But you guys did not yeah. look for the clue, right? You were like. No, I definitely didn't look. But I-, I feel like I remember Matthew was like going to the bathroom or something. And I think I said to somebody like, do we think he's looking for something? And yeah. so like I was just trying to be like you know, should we follow him <laughs> kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't remember if that got back to him. I feel like I remember him being like, no, no, no. Like I'm not looking, whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I remember just being like, Hmm, this one, this one seems to be up to something maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, we get into, we jump into uh, the challenges um alex goes home first and it was unanimous yeah poor alex um yeah that was another person that i really wanted to get to know better and it was you know one of those sad moments where you get to the merge and unfortunately it's like momentum is already going in a certain direction and there was this um blue and pink alliance that had formed somewhere along the way um that i remember isaiah was talking about and for me that made sense because um my closest people at that point were Molly and Isaiah and Baltazar's who I saw as kind of my close people. So, um, that Alliance made sense to me for sure. Um, I was a little bit skeptical about Matthew, but, um, I was willing to, you know, work with that for a little bit until we could try to, to make something else happen. And, um, when it came down to, you know, yellow being targeted, well, it kind of made sense for me because well Alex and Melanie I just didn't have any time with at that point um right. and Cam I was on a tribe with but because our relationship wasn't tested in any one capacity and at that point we didn't have all that much one-on-one time I just didn't know exactly where I stood with him um so I I was hoping that we could keep Cam's name you know out of it for a little bit and I was preferring for it to be Alex or Melanie um but uh but yeah cam's name did come up a little bit and i think that he might have gone if he hadn't have won that immunity challenge that challenge yeah yeah um so yeah that that was interesting because i wanted to have a pony 2.0 as an option for me uh we're coming in with five um the vibe over there was was really cool um i loved having the tribe of five we were winning all these challenges um we were putting the right people in the the right areas that we could excel in in some way it worked really really well um the teamwork was really really great 
um, my favorite challenge actually was the the snake challenge where we had to pull the the ball mm-hmm. up the river and then back down the river. Yeah, and that was that was really fun because I remember in particular Callie and Cam had went first and then um, Molly and I went on the down part and it would have been easy for Callie and Cam to be like, all right, like our part is done, whatever. But they were right there with us, like actively coaching us and telling us, you know, minor adjustments as we were going along and kind of advising us and cheering us on. And it was just a really awesome like team effort to get that done. So um, the vibe felt really good. And I felt more comfortable like opening up on a pony than I did on Choppa. Um, I was talking about things that like I hadn't even talked about on Choppa before. And um, I don't know, I, I really wanted to have a Pony 2.0 as an option um, in the merge. Um, so it kind of was unfortunate that like Cam's name was out there quickly and Callie's name was out there quickly. Um, and um, and when it came to Alex, as much as it was like, well, I haven't been on a tribe with him and so I'm OK with it. I also you know, wanted to get to know him better. And the more that I've gotten to know him, the more I'm like, well, if we had been on a tribe together, I think we would have worked really well together because I think yeah. that we see the game pretty similarly. And I think that we would have got, gotten on pretty well. Um, yeah. But as it was, it was just kind of the momentum went that way. And unfortunately, it was like, well, uh, you know, Alex talked about the moment where nobody was really talking to him. And it's because we just, we didn't really have a backup plan because it's the first vote for the merge and all these pieces are coming together. And so I remember it was like, I don't, I don't know what to say to Alex. And it, yeah. it, it kind of made that really sad, like uncomfortable situation where um, I wanted to, to like talk to him and make him not feel alone. But what do you, what do you say to the person that you're going to vote out, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. so that was sad. And I remember he was, you know, feeling under the weather and was just generally kind of out of it too. And I wanted to, I wanted to like my protective instinct was kicking in a little bit and I just yeah. like felt bad, you know, so, but that's how it went. All right. So it's interesting because as we look at the merge votes, it's, it, there's not, there's not really any rhyme or reason to it. Like you, Alex goes first and then the next two are a pony 2.0s, right? You got Callie and Molly next. Mm-hmm. So how did that come to be? Because it didn't really, I mean, Callie going home does not hold true to the, the pink and blue um, alliance. Right. So like, there's just a a lot of weirdness and grayness there. So what is your take on how those Callie and Molly votes happen? Well, um, the Callie vote. Yeah. If you say pink and blue, it seems like, well, she's part of blue. Um, at the same time, I think when we were talking about pink and blue, um, Callie was somewhat on the outskirts of that, um, where it was like Baltazar and Isaiah and myself from blue. And then it was Molly, Matthew and Donathan from pink. Um, and Callie was kind of included in that, but then, um, I think because of the kind of friction between like the Isaiah and Callie thing and Isaiah and Kaylee thing, um, it, it kind of was like, we don't know exactly where we stand with Callie. And, um, and also it was just, um, I think what it came down to, it was like, we had more numbers, right? So when it came to the Alex vote, I know that Matthew wanted to keep Alex and uh, because of their relationship and, you know, he wanted to keep him and he was pushing for Callie for whatever reason. And um, so that name had came up and it kind of turned into, well, let's do Alex now and, and we'll do Callie later. Like a, um, like a deal type thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- that's kind of what happened. And I think that, uh, you know, Baltazar talked a little bit about wanting to cut the blue numbers a little bit more so that our you know the eyes were not on us as much. Um, so that was where that kind of came about, where it's like, well, if we're going to try to even out the numbers, let's, you know, make sure it's not the three of us kind of. Right. Um, okay. So that's kind of how that happened. And I remember um, in particular with Matthew, I remember on the Alex vote, there was a time where he was pushing a little bit harder to actually switch the vote to Cali. And it was like before, like right before tribal, like I think the drums were about to go and we we're about to march in. And Isaiah was turning to me and being like, who is it? Is it Cali or is it Alex? And I was kind of like, what do you mean? Like we already decided on Alex, like the, the votes are already here. Like it's yeah. too late to switch to Cali. And so it kind of caught me off guard a little bit that Matthew was pushing so hard, like right before tribal and actually ended up voting that way. Um, so yeah, there were, there were some moments where I was like, I don't know exactly where Matthew is at strategically because he was trying to do things that I didn't know exactly where they were coming from, but yeah. So that was my first kind of, uh, one of my first observations of Matthew as well. So as I look at this, um, it actually says that uh, for Alex's vote, Alex voted for Callie and Matthew voted for Callie. Yep. And then for Callie's vote, you had two Melanie votes, which were Callie and Isaiah, which is interesting. Um. Yeah, I didn't remember the... I don't remember why Isaiah voted for Melanie. That one was... Maybe he had something where he told Callie he wouldn't write her name down um, in the in the round leading up to it, and so he wanted to stick to that. I don't know. Maybe that, or maybe he was afraid of an idol, or who knows. Yeah, I didn't remember that. The Molly vote was unanimous. Um, no, it was not. <laughs> well, no, it says uh, everybody voted Molly uh, except for Molly. Oh, voted Jason. No, 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 no. All right, tell me what happened because (laughs) I'm telling you right now, it says next to your name, Julie voted Molly. No, it does not, Jason. On the the wiki, it does. No, on the wiki. Oh, my God, we need to fix that shit. Yeah. (laughs) You're putting your business on the internet. Let me see on the spreadsheet. You need to look at the spreadsheet. That's the the all-knowing source Uh, right here. Yeah, okay, I see it. All right. The the record is straight on that one. (laughs) <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, there's three votes for Matthew. Yep. Molly, Cam, and Julie. Ah, okay. Oh, yes. Explain. So this is where all the mess went down. Um, so this is where we had the break for the night. We did the final nine immunity challenge. And then we had the reward challenge. Um, and then we had the three reward groups and then came back that night. Right. Gotcha. So. Yep. So Jordan won the touchy subjects. Um, I was like right there. <laughs> that was the only immunity challenge that I was close to winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I wish that I would have um, pulled that one out a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was I was trying to get a couple questions wrong in the beginning on purpose. And then like later on, I was like, hmm, maybe I actually want to win this one. Um, so then it turned into like, let me try to win this. But, you know, Jordan was already ahead of me, so I wasn't able to pull it out. But I don't think it would have changed anything anyways. Um, 
I do think if I had won that and if we had ultimately ended up with the idol, then maybe we could have stirred up some stuff. Yeah. Um, but as it is, I don't think that, you know, winning the one immunity would have made a difference. But anyways, so we had the reward challenge. Um, that was me and Molly and Cam, which was cool to get, you know, the three of us from a pony um, together. That was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the reward challenge was or the the actual reward with Devin's was great. Um, you know, the pizza was good. The shower was fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, everybody knows that was great. But um, I think what happened there. So that was where I started to hear more about the the dynamic with Molly and Matthew and how it was starting to uh, fall apart a little bit. Um, there was a lot of talk about uh, during the day about like what was the end game kind of looking like. There was a point where Molly had said her final four, um, which or or she had she had pitched a four. She had pitched a four. It wasn't like her final four, but mm-hmm. she had said like why don't we do a four? Isaiah, Matthew, me, and Molly because it was like well. Um, she perceived like Isaiah and I were tight. Molly and Matthew were tight. It was kind of an original thing within the six. And so that was what she was pitching. Um, and I think that Matthew got a little bit, uh, squirrely about like, why, why is Julie kind of involved in this? Cause he didn't know exactly where I stood with Molly or what the connective tissue was there. And I think that he was a little bit weirded out by that. And there was also, um, there's something that happened about, uh, where Jordan stood with that because, Matthew was trying to uh, maybe push Jordan a little bit higher up on the list and and keep her around a little bit longer. Um, and Molly was starting to question about whether he was like legit about this blue and pink thing or if he was going to uh, go against it and, and try to keep Jordan around. So it was starting to kind of get a little bit dicey between those two. And at that point, we were starting to think about we need to switch this game up a little bit. Um, Matthew and Isaiah are, are very openly kind of big players and are really like running this a bit. Um, and I was starting to feel like just for my game, like I knew that I needed to make a move. I knew that I was being perceived as one of the more under the radar players and rightfully so like when you don't go to tribal council, um, just for my own game, it's like, well, I don't really have much of a story right now. So I need to try to come out from the shadows a little bit and try to make something happen. And for me, it made sense to go after Matthew there. Um, I definitely perceived him to be a big player. I really like early in the game, I was like, this guy just seems so social and I wanted to get to know him. But then as the game went on and we didn't land on a tribe ever, it was like, well, once you get to the merge, there's just not enough time to build that. And with somebody that is as big of a threat as he is and has the story already of getting down to the final three of a pony um, and all of that, I'm like, this guy, if he makes it to the end, he's, he's going to win for sure. Um, so my game very much became, how do we make this move on, on Matthew? And final nine seemed like the right time to do it. Um, I remember before we even had that conversation, uh, there was a moment during the day, like before the final nine immunity challenge where Cam and I were by the water well. And I remember Melanie's name had came out because her name was out there on the Cali vote as well as like the, the backup vote. And the momentum at that point seemed like, well, Melanie is probably going to be next. And we were kind of looking at each other like, 
Um, do we want Melanie to be next? I don't think that makes sense for our game. And I remember we both kind of said, like, what if we did somebody bigger like Matthew? And we both said that at the same time. Um, so the idea was kind of out there already. And um, the fact that we were able to have that break in between to go into the night phase and to try to figure out how to make that happen um, and to have that reward together to try to figure out how can we make this happen. Uh, it was very helpful, you know, for us to be able to talk openly, me, Cam and Molly, where we we're on a tribe together. We both we all are kind of on the same page of wanting to make this move. Um, and we're able to talk about like, how do we actually do this? Um, that felt good. It felt really good as a three to have that happen. Um, yeah, we were trying to pull, okay, who are the people that we have that we could try to pull in? Right. So for me, I was saying, okay, I think Baltazar could be somebody that we could pull in. Um, Cam was saying Melanie, of course we could try to pull in. She's probably going to want to be making a move as well. And Molly was saying Donovan might be a, a person to pull in. So we kind of each had one person from our original tribes that we could try to pull into a group. Um, but the main person that we were trying to look at was was Baltazar and, and also Melanie as well, because uh, Melanie was you know left out of some groups and we felt like she might have something more with Cam and maybe we could try to pull her into something there. Um, so the work ended up being, okay, how can we try to get Baltazar on board, right? And I felt like going back to our initial tribe on Chapa, like there was enough of a good relationship there with Baltazar that I felt like we could try to make it happen. Um, I could try to pull him in. I perceived him as um, at that point playing a little bit of an under the radar game. Um, but I could also see all along that he's a very smart player. He's a very strategic player and he's going to want to make a big move um, or he should be trying to make a move to try to come out a little bit and, and play a harder game. Um, I felt like we were on the same page with a lot of the votes. Um, he had done a really good job of making eye contact with me before every single vote, like at tribal council, before tribal council and trying to like reconfirm the votes to where I felt like, okay, I'm good with Baltazar. Like we were still working together, even in the merge when it's crazy, like we can just have a look and know that we're on the same page. Um, and so I felt like we could try to pull him in. But of course, everything that night uh, went haywire <laughs> when we got back to camp and um, there was the idle clue thing where um, we had gotten the clue, we shared it together, and we came up with a plan where Molly was going to go that night to try to get the idol but we were going to say that uh essentially cam was going to be the person that we, we were like oh we think cam got it but he didn't share it with us and that was going to be the story and <laughs> of course what happened was we had a conversation with baltazar that night uh, when we got back to camp and everything started to unravel like from that initial conversation <laughs> um it didn't go the way I wanted it to, to be honest, um, because Molly and Baltazar went off together first somehow. Um, I don't remember how that conversation started, but at some point I looked around and I'm like, they're out the water. Oh shit. I gotta, like, I gotta, I gotta, be, I gotta be involved in this. Like I need to, I need to try to get on board with this here and, and see what's happening. And so they're having this conversation and Molly is trying to pitch, you know, this plan to potentially take out Matthew and, and to work with, with a five with us. And I'm trying to think of how this went, but um, yeah, Baltazar was like skeptical of, of this whole thing. And I think that he kind of was like, okay, like at five, what's going to happen? 
And Molly and I looked at each other. And of course, we didn't have an answer because my plan at Final Five was I wanted I wanted to take out Molly. But I can't say that when she's right there in front of me. Yeah. So I wanted to have that conversation with Baltazar like individually and pitch this first. And I thought that was kind of the plan. And then we were going to try to have like a group conversation. But because somehow it became like Molly talking to him first and then like me trying to get involved in it, it just kind of shifted the dynamic and it made it to where like I couldn't say what the plan really was from my perspective, which at that point I was like going to pitch like Baltazar, like you're in my end game. Like let's, let's go to the end together essentially. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't say that with Molly there. And so like, it kind of turned into this, um, this weird thing where he knows that we're not being honest about it, but it's not for the reason that he's thinking because yeah, sure. he wasn't my end game. It's just that I can't say that because Molly, you know, I wanted her out, but yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of just, it, it really went sideways from there. And then, of course, like, he's asking about the advantage. And um, and we say, like, we say our story that, like, we don't have it. We think Cam has it. And he's like, well, can I check it with him? And we were like, yeah, because we told Cam, you know, Cam was going to stick to the story that we had, that we had came up with. <laughs> and then, of course, he goes to Cam and immediately, uh, you know, Cam, he gets Cam to, to spill the beans or whatever. Um, and that was where that whole shenanigans happened, where Baltazar booked it to tribal somehow. Um, I still don't know why, like, Molly and I should have just, like, ran to tribal after that. But um, I think that at that point we were gone for too long already that it was like, well, we need to get back to camp. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. Later, you know. Um, it, was, right. it was a mess. The whole thing was, was a mess. Um. Yeah. And then all the conversations that night was, yeah, I remember just running around, like trying to get into uh, different groups. Uh, there were a couple moments where like I was at camp by myself and I was like, oh, like I should be trying yeah, to get. Good, more. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to get in some more groups. But um, yeah, so I, I talked with almost everybody that night. Um, I remember I had a conversation with Melanie. Um we had like a heart to heart about like personal stuff for a bit. And then we also talked strategy. Um, and we were, I was kind of pitching like the idea of like, Hey, like I want to work with you. Like, I think that we both would benefit from trying to make a move at final nine. And she was wanting to take out Isaiah and I was wanting to take out Matthew. And we both kind of knew where the other one stood. Um, and we kind of came to an impasse where I felt like, um, Melanie didn't want Matthew out, but maybe she would get on board if she knew that we had the numbers, but she wasn't going to pitch that herself. And when it came to Isaiah, um, I was wanting to keep him, you know, I wanted to still work with him. I did still feel good with him, but I, all along, I thought that he still had his idol. So I didn't know that he had played his idol on Choppa. And looking at the boot order and how, like, I imagined it going down, I didn't see why he would have needed it or why it, I didn't realize that, like, Baltazar would have wanted to flush the idol. I thought, you know, he would want to keep the idol for the end game because that's a close ally of his. And so I was going in assuming that Isaiah still had the idol. And I had told um, Cam and Molly at the reward feast that Isaiah has an idol. And so when it came down to, should we vote for Matthew or Isaiah? That was another reason where it's like, well, I don't know how we would even get Isaiah out if we wanted to because of the idol. And so it quickly became like, well, we need to shift to Matthew instead. Yeah. Um, 
and and throughout that night i remember isaiah did a really good job as well of lying about the idol like he had told me that he still had it and he was like oh i don't know if i would play it on anyone else um i'm gonna try to figure it out as i go and just try to make the best move with it so he was like actively playing up that he still had it to where i felt like yeah he still has it we're not gonna be able to to get him out even if we wanted to um but what i didn't realize was that there were people that potentially would have been on board with voting him out like i know that melanie said in her podcast that uh, Jordan had said she maybe wanted him out on their uh, Exile Island thing, which I didn't realize at all. Like, I, I thought that Isaiah was working closely with Jordan and, and Matthew because mm-hmm. I was seeing their relationship develop and it seemed like they were they were pretty close. Um, so that kind of caught me off guard to hear that because I didn't realize that that was a thing. And if there was somebody who did have knowledge of Isaiah uh, not having an idol. Like, I don't know if Jordan knew that he didn't have an idol. Um, but if that had gotten back and we could have potentially tried to uh, get the numbers for him, I mean, if people were on board with it, I might have had to consider that. Um, but it never really got to that point because we all kind of thought that he had an idol and nobody was really like pushing for that all that hard because we were focused on Matthew instead. Yeah. All right, so you guys vote for Matthew, the three of you, and everybody else votes for Molly. Molly goes home. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the next Baltazar, morning. Yeah, Baltazar did a really good job of like coming up with fake, um, like playing along with our fake plan. <laughs> like he was really good at, uh, he came to us in the morning after the idol thing where Cam and I had gone in the middle of the night to do the idol search. Um, we woke up and uh, I remember at one point, like we didn't have the flashlight and uh, the night before we didn't have the flashlight. And so I had to like go out and try to find the flashlight because Cam had already gone and came back. And then he said like, Oh, I don't have it. Like, I think that you might need to have the flashlight to find it for whatever reason. So we're like, okay, we'll find the flashlight and go back like in the middle of the night. So I had like walked out and you can't hardly see anything, but I'm feeling along the trees a little bit and I can kind of vaguely see the flashlight on like the second tree from the water. So I grabbed the flashlight and I'm like, okay, I have the flashlight. We're going to go in the middle of the night. And I think it was in Molly's bag. And so Molly and myself and Cam had slept outside of the shelter under the stars, which was amazing. Uh, The first clear night that we've had sleeping under the stars was phenomenal. Um, but it was, it was quite cold that night. (laughs) It was a little bit colder. Um, but Molly, I I remember I woke up at one point and I was like, Molly, like, are we going to go? And she's like, no, you go ahead. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) So I take the flashlight (laughs) and, and I'm wandering off on my own and, ah, man, like you're trying to stumble out of camp. Like my situational awareness or my like navigational awareness is not that great to begin with, but I'm trying to stumble out of camp and I'm like running into a bush and I'm trying to like turn the flashlight on, but covering it with my hand so I could try yeah. to see like, where the hell am I? Oh man, a bush. Okay. Turn it off. Like reposition, go somewhere else, yeah. run into another bush. Where am I? Oh God, another bush. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so eventually like I get somewhat out of camp and at that point like i'm turning on the flashlight and i'm trying to like walk around and at one point i ended up turning around like there's there was like a u-shape almost where you could go down one path and then go down the next one and it would turn you right back to camp and i didn't even realize that's what i was doing but eventually um somebody comes walking toward me and and they're like hey and i was like turn on the flashlight really quickly i'm like what who's there and he's like it's me and i'm like who's me He's like, it's Cam. It's Cam. Come on. Like, I'm like, okay, fine. It's Cam. (laughs) 
Um, so Cam and I, Cam rescues me. He's like, where the hell are you going? Like, come on, let's go. So he rescues me from my, my turning around in the wrong direction. And we're walking back to, to tribal together with the flashlight and we're talking and, um, just admiring the night. Like I remember we got out to the clearing right before we get to tribal and the sky, like you look up and the stars are just amazing and so vibrant and it's just wide open. And, this might have been my favorite moment of the entire experience was just this middle of the night adventure and taking this one moment to look at the sky with Cam because I was like, hey, Cam, like, can we just like pause here before we go in? Like, just just look at where we are right now and That's just admire awesome. everything. Yeah. And, and it was awesome. And I remember um, before we went in, like he said something like, you know, whatever, whatever happens tomorrow, like, just know that I'm I'm with you and like we're in this together. And I was like that was so nice to hear, you know, yeah. it's like, he sounded so earnest in that moment. And it was like this shared thing that we had that at that point I was like, yep, Cam, you're definitely in my end game now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would have absolutely gone to the end with Cam. Um, at that point, like if I'm thinking about my final five and like what I wanted, it would have been Molly and Cam. And um, ideally, we were trying to get Melanie and Baltazar on board with the plan. And so if that ended up, then I would have tried to take out Molly at five and um, and probably Baltazar at four. And so mm -hmm. I probably would have tried to go to the end with Cam and Melanie. But um Almost certainly still would have lost against Cam, but I like to I like to imagine that scenario sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, I appreciated that moment with Cam, you know, going to tribal council in the middle of the night. Of course, we didn't get anything still because um, Baltazar already had it. But um, but it still was like a really fun experience. And I do have the souvenir, the flashlight that I ended up getting. I brought it back with me to. Oh, to nice. Atlanta, so, yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right, um, so but anyways, I was talking about, sorry, I'm like, oh, I want to say everything. <laughs> nah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So after we came back in, in the morning, Baltazar was like, um, he, he had asked me and Cam like, okay, so what happened last night? Did you guys get it? And we were like, no, we didn't get it. And he's like, oh, damn. Like, you know, of course he already has it, but yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, damn. And so he's like, okay, so, so what's the plan? And we said, um, that we, we wanted to flush Isaiah's idol. And so he was like, he was going along. Of course, he knows that Isaiah's idol doesn't exist, but he was like, all right, like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Isaiah and see if, you know, see if he'll play it or something, you know, try to like drum up some um, paranoia and see if we can get him to play it. And then like, he goes back to Isaiah and like, goes along with it. And then he comes back later. He's like, I think he's going to play it. And then we're like, okay, like, cool. Yeah, so he yeah. really, he really was selling this like fake uh, story that he was, that he was kind of with us. Yeah. Um, I haven't really seen anybody uh, try to do it like that, but in the morning it was very clear that like, it wasn't happening uh because on the on the walk into tribal council there was like a miscommunication with molly and he ended up getting frustrated and i thought that that meant that he was like flipping away from the plan and that he wasn't going to do it anymore of course what actually happened was they already had you know their final five alliance and they already had the plan to vote out molly in the more in the the night before yeah. but um but they did get a good job of like trying to convince us afterward that like that was uh, a last minute switch and that it wasn't the plan already. So they tried to like convince us that it was in the morning that it changed. Mm -hmm. So, but I knew, I knew at tribal council that we didn't have the votes because I was trying to look at Baltazar the entire time and he just would not look me in the eye at all. And I was, I just could not catch his eye. So I'm like, well, that's not happening. It's, it's not working out. 
All right. Yeah, so, it's not working out. So Molly goes home. Um, Mel goes home next, which is kind of what was going to happen anyway. Um, yep. And then we so, get to Cameron. Yeah. But you can talk about the Mel if you want. Well, so at that point, uh, we had split into two groups. Cam and I clearly have our backs against the wall. Um, there was a funny moment where he talks to Donathan because Donathan was someone we were also trying to get on board. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed Donathan, but it was it was hard to figure out like where he stood a lot of times. And there was a moment where Cam confronted Donathan because he knew that it was just me and and uh, me, Cam, and Molly that voted for Matthew. And he asked Donathan like, "Well, who'd you vote for?" And Donathan says, "I voted for I voted for Matthew." And Cam was like, "No, you didn't. Don't lie to me." <laughs> like, and Donathan was like, "Okay, fine. Like, you got me." <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was a very funny moment. Um, but yeah, so what happened after that was, um, Cam and I, of course, we know our backs are against the wall. We end up winning that challenge in the groups. So it was Isaiah and Jordan and me and Cam on this uh, maze and then a snake puzzle. Um, and there was a whole question about were they throwing the maze portion because Cam and I were on the puzzle and Isaiah and Jordan were on the maze and apparently Jordan might have been throwing it, but Isaiah wasn't. Um, but the other group just was really struggling with the maze. And so at a certain point there was only so, so badly that, uh, my side could do with the maze before it was like, all right, we can't really throw this anymore. Um, but Isaiah swears that he wasn't throwing it and I believe it, um, so we end up winning with the puzzle. Cam crushed that puzzle, absolutely. And we're feeling pretty good because it's like, okay, at least it's not us this time. Like, they got to look at somebody else. Um, but unfortunately, that leaves Mel as kind of the last one not in their Final Five alliance that that formed. And um, even though I wanted to have her kind of in my group, of course, at that point, it's just survival mode. You're just trying to get through a vote. Yeah. And I still think... Um, so me and Cam were still trying to pitch to Donathan and Baltazar, like, Hey, like, okay, maybe that move didn't work out, but maybe we could try to work something out because Matthew's a huge threat and we need to, we need to make a move. Like you guys are people that we think need to make a move, um, for your games. And so we're still trying to pitch that. And I remember that the two of them in particular, Baltazar was like, we can't do it this move. You know, it's gotta be Melanie, but, uh, next move at final seven. Like, we'll, we'll do something then. And so it was like, all right, that's fine. We'll vote for Melanie. Um, and at the same time, Matthew, I remember, was very good about keeping in contact, um, even though we had voted for him. I think this was what I really appreciated about him as a player because um, it would have been really easy to just, like, not talk to the people that voted for you. But he was still coming back to us and being like, okay, like, I can forgive you if you just vote for Melanie this time. Like, we can start over. And it was like, okay, yeah. like, I, I still don't really believe that. But I appreciate that you're saying that and you're still mm -hmm. trying to, like, talk to uh, to, to me and, and have a relationship or some kind of conversation with me about it. So sure. um, I think that was where I really started to see, like how good he was at kind of the social piece and how comfortable he was just, you know, keeping conversations open and, and really maintain that social part of the game through and through. All right. Um, so Mel goes, and then um, the next competition is your, now your new closest ally. Yeah, Cam. Oh. Uh, my, yeah, my guy Cam. Um, yeah, that, that sucked <laughs> obviously because, um, Final seven, that was really the last chance to to make something happen there. Um, 
final nine, I really was feeling like, okay, I'm coming into the end game. I don't have that much of a story. I need everything to line up kind of perfectly. And I felt like, I think when I had the voting confessional for the first time I voted for Matthew, I was like, I hope this, I hope this move pulls off. If it doesn't pull off, like my game is basically sunk. Um, And it didn't happen. And I was feeling frustrated. And of course, I'm starting to see things not go my way. But mm-hmm. final seven was really the last chance, right? This is like, yep. all right, last ditch effort, really. Uh, you know, this is the last chance that really anything can happen here to to take out Matthew, who I saw as the biggest threat in the game, and, and to really um, try to make a move of my own. And, you know, of course, it didn't happen because there was already a group that was forming and that had formed and... Um, and they decided to stick with that and more power to them. Of course, I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, um, after Cam went and I was by myself, you know, of course I'm feeling very alone, um, and very frustrated also. I remember, you know, cause Baltazar and Donovan were still pretending like they were going along with the plan and they were going to vote with Cam and I against Matthew and I turned to both of them. Like I kind of nudged both of them because I was in between them at tribal council. And I was like, well, I hope you guys are happy. You're not going to win this game. Like, you know that, right? <laughs> and like, I was a little bit bitter in that way. Like, yeah. you guys are not, you guys are not going to win anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it was real frustration. Um, and, you know, I, I do feel a little bit justified in, you know, I, I felt like I could see where the game was going and I could see that Matthew was a very big threat to win. And ultimately he had really uh, an excellent game and he knew how to put the right people on the jury to, to give him the win. And so I felt like I could see that forming. Um, and I understand why the final five, you know, came together as it did. I give them a lot of power for having a commitment and sticking with it and having a goal Um you know, to have all, all queer and POC people in the final five, I think was really admirable and mm-hmm. that they were able to stick with that. I, I definitely like respected that. Um, but it, it is a hard feeling when you're at final six and you are the last one there. Yeah. And I feel like I have absolutely no legs to stand on anymore yeah. whatsoever. And, um, you, you know, you feel like you, you have nobody to really turn to. And not only that, but it's like, even if I were to get through that round somehow, right, even if I were to essentially do what I thought was my only play, which was to lay down as a goat and be like, you know, take me to the end, you'll beat me. Because at that point, I had very little story and and very little game that I could claim as my own, um, having not gone to hardly any tribals pre-jury. And every move that I'm trying to make is falling flat, (laughs) you know, like I just felt like this game is not going the way that I want it to go. And maybe, maybe there's a small chance that somebody would drag me to the end. Maybe I could grovel, you know, to Isaiah to take me to the end with him. That was one person that I'm like, well, maybe he could take me to the end, but I didn't even, I didn't feel like that was the game that I wanted to play. I didn't want to, get to the end and not have an argument in the end like that to me felt um worse (laughs) than if I were to just go to the jury um somewhat resigned in the fact that I was trying to make the moves that I felt were best for my game and in this circumstance it just didn't play out the way that I wanted it to um so I kind of was resigned in that way of course I was also just 
very emotional. Um, <laughs> I was very emotional after that, after that time. And, um, it's, it's hard. It's very difficult to be the last person standing and to feel like you don't have much of an argument at all. And, and so it's like, everything has been going wrong and I, I just, I didn't know where to go. So I just like went by myself and cried for a little bit <laughs> or for a long time, for a long time, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, people were very kind. Like they tried to give me my space. I was just trying to like calm myself down and like try to get my head back in the game. But at a certain point, it's just, you, you know, you you played, you come to play the game and you try to take solace in the experience as a whole. And even if the game doesn't go the way that you want it to, it's like, look where we are. Like, look at what you've done. Look at the challenges and the people that you've met and all of the things and just try to pull like yourself together for just a little bit longer. Um, try to find something that you can say to try to, to fight a little bit more. Um, I definitely was trying, like I was trying to be like, Hey, I'm here. If you guys want to make a move, like I'm here, I don't really have much of an argument for the end game. So, you know, pull me in, but I, I knew that it wasn't going to happen. I, I just knew that it wasn't going to happen. So, um, Isaiah had pulled me aside and we had like a heart to heart and Baltazar also had like a very like earnest and heartfelt conversation with me that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me feel um, better and also kind of understood their position and why they felt so strongly about, you know, what they were doing with the final five where I did feel close with them. And I, I was a little bit frustrated that I felt like, Baltazar in particular, I felt like at that point, right, I was feeling frustrated because from my perception, I thought that he needed to make a move to to win the game, um, to try to take out Matthew or Isaiah there. Um, I still think that the final three um, was not set up great for him. I, I do think the final five, there was a chance, there was a very good chance that he could have done something else to win the game. Um, but uh, But yeah. I don't, I don't blame him at all. I don't blame anybody at all for sticking with the final five that, that they, that they set out to do. And I felt in some ways that if I were to have a spectacle or try to like make it about myself, that I'm taking away from what they're trying to do as well. Um, and I didn't want to do that either. So I think in some ways I, I let them have that. I wanted to, you know, let them have that moment and also just recognize that I still had a great experience and that it was, um, enriching in a lot of ways even if it wasn't ultimately the way that I wanted it to go and I did feel proud that I was I was trying to fight and I was trying to take out who I thought was going to be the biggest threat to win and you know he did end up winning so maybe I was on to something <laughs> yeah yeah um I just want to say that that you know what they did for their final five and their final three um you know it was admirable and, um, you know, but it was our season that that happened and we can all take solace in that. I think too, like that, I I feel like, I feel like a part of that, even though I didn't, I wasn't there and I didn't make those alliances because it happened in my season. I'm proud of that. And, um, you should be too. I mean, it, it definitely, it ended up, you know, leading to you being voted out, but, um, it's something that I think we can all say that we were a part of and it's something special. So. Yeah. Hey, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
even though we lost. Even though we lost. <laughs> even though we lost. <laughs> damn it. But yeah. damn, it was it was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything else before we wrap up? Is there anything else that you want to say? I I I will say that what you just said there in your last you know your last little like three minutes there was was beautiful. I I, I um I really enjoyed listening to to that. It was a beautiful thing you said. Oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's hard. I was trying to think about how do I um how do I talk about that because at the same time as I'm going through like this personal thing where I'm like wanting to make about me and my game and you know, everything that's crumbling in front of me, it's like, well, I can't, I can't make it about me, you know? So, um, Mm -hmm. I was trying very hard to like toe that line a little bit of like trying to put in the last word of like, Hey, like I'm still here if you guys want to do something, but I totally understand that. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from and like, it's a touchy thing, right? Some people mm-hmm. will look at that and think um, maybe it shouldn't be that way or, you know, it, some people don't understand, but it's like, I, I get it when, when you haven't had that representation and you're, that's something that you, you feel so strongly about and you want to see that um, in the games that you play. Um, I absolutely understand that. And, and they were, I mean, they were all awesome players. It's like, I can't even, I can't even really blame them for thinking, you know, go to final five and battle it out because I'm looking at the final five and I'm like, yeah, you all had an interesting story too, where I understand why from a game perspective, you're, you're trying to balance those two goals and thinking this could still end up. It's not like you're sacrificing your game. Yeah. You could still find a combination that will work and have that goal realized as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, more power to them. The final three was incredible um i still stand by what i said that all three of them were just really really great and um and it was a hard time to to figure out who to vote for between the three of them i I bounced back and forth multiple times but um yeah i don't i don't know if i have that much else to say i could go in more detail about you know why i voted the way that i did but i think that i got to talk about that at the reunion as well so i'm happy that i got a chance to vote for my boy isaiah um i think that he played an excellent game um yeah, I think Baltazar also played a stunning game, and of course Matthew, I was uh, you know blown away by his 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 able his ability to captivate people in a way that um, is just you, you can see it when you talk to him, and yet you're you're still like I want to work with you anyways. Like yeah. it, it's just it's the mist, it's the mist. There's nothing it there's really nothing is. quite as strong as the the Brinkley mist, I think. <laughs> Damn that that kid's good. <laughs> Doctor Brinkley yeah. is good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for talking with me. I know it's been two and a half hours. It's, um, I feel like I got most of the things off my chest. I probably have some more things here that I'm forgetting, but that's okay. I've had an awesome time. Um, for anybody that's listening, I definitely encourage you to play an LRG. If you haven't, if you're going to be on the cast, best of luck to you. Um, I'll be in your corner cheering you on, whoever you are, whether I'm there or not, not sure yet, but I can't wait to cheer you on and meet you. Um, I would say if I were to do, if I were to say anything to you, um, focus on your strengths, you know, do what in the end, what makes you feel best about yourself and the game that you're going to play, whatever that means for you really clue into who you are as a person, as a player, and how can you take this experience, um, to the fullest for what you want to do with, with your experience as a person, as a player. So, um, 
try to play with no regrets. It's, it's, it's hard when you're out there because you're trying to do everything, but, um, push yourself to really take some risks here and there and, and leave it all out there because you might not get a chance like that again. And certainly I hope that I'll have another chance, um, either in survival challenge or another game. But at the same time, if this is it for me, then I feel pretty good with the game that I played and the experiences that I've had in these games so far. Um, I've learned a lot about myself as a player and as a person, and I think everybody should be able to experience this, um, one time if you can. So here, here. Yeah. Beautifully said, Julie. Yeah. I hope we'll see you again, Jason. (laughs) Maybe one day. We'll see. Maybe one day. (laughs) I was the oldest male competitor, so I might have to retire soon. I don't know. Oh, come on. My old body is getting old. All right. Well, you kind of said something to the people listening, but I'm still going to say it because I always do. That's all the time we have for this show. But before we sign off, is there anything that's non-survivor or survival challenge related? that you want to say to the people listening, the time is yours. Can be anything. Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know, man. I hope that everybody listening, if you've gotten this far, I hope that you've gotten something out of this. Um, aside from survival challenge, yeah, I don't know. I, I try to just, I'm trying to just do good things and, and push myself and focus on what kind of makes me happy and gives me peace. So whatever that means for you, you know, work on yourself and figure out who you are as a person and live live your life to the fullest of what you want to do. That's what I'm trying to do. And and I don't know, spread a little love around because we all could use uh, some extra love and you never know who you're going to um, make better by your presence. So Ooh, I think yeah. we have a I think we have a title. Spread a little love around. Oh, spread a little love around. Hey, <laughs> that might be it. Hold on, I'm gonna type it up right now. You can hear me. Spread. Oh goodness. A little love <laughs> around. I love that. Oh, thank you. Uh, all right. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to check out the Behind the Player podcast on your favorite streaming services. You can also watch the video version a little later on the Survival Challenge YouTube page. Remember, Survival Challenge has already cast a player for Season 10, but you can still donate or volunteer to help the show. Head on over to survivalchallenge.net for more information. And I'm out. Bye.